fanficmedia.com presents Beyond the Wall, a Game of Thrones podcast. With hosts, Christiana Ellis, Chute Schubert, Vivid Muse, and Nookchus. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Season 8 of Beyond the Wall. Tonight, we are discussing Episode 4 of Game of Thrones, titled The Last of the Starks. With no spoilers past the currently aired episodes. I'm Chooch, and as always, I'm joined by Christiana Ellis. Hello. Uh, Nutty Nookjus. Oh, hi. Oh, That's me. Hi. <laughs> and Vivid Muse. Hi. Hi. It's great to see everybody. I'm, um, it's uh, a lot fresher for me. I just finished a rewatch an hour or so ago. Last week, I didn't have a chance. I only got to see it once. I've actually only watched it once. And uh, I heard somebody else mention, uh, Mike McCauley had mentioned that uh, uh, upon second viewing that the darkness didn't really bug him as much. Mm. So hey, maybe well, something to be said for that. I, I think in terms of the, the battle, you know, it was like what I said last week in terms of my rewatch is that I felt more strongly during the rewatch that there's an awful lot of stuff that is just white fighting action that doesn't change anything really. Mm -hmm. And so I think when it doesn't seem as dark because you kind of know when the big moments are and what's going to happen. And so, you know, when it's okay for a scene to be dark because there's none of the characters you care about in it. Yeah. So, Uh, Mike McCauley says it just didn't seem as dark. And I think part of that is that you know what's going on. You know what what the shapes are already. So, (laughs) you know, it's kind of like if if the volume is low, but you've got the captions on, you can kind of understand what people are saying better. Yeah. If if that makes any sense at all. Your brain can fill things in. Yeah. Um, I did see that uh, some website out there went and they worked on all the levels and they lightened things up. And uh, some people were saying, they really liked being able to see, but wow, it was even more gruesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw the, the the darkest scene, which is the beginning scene with the walkers and everything like that. Um, you know, the Death Rocky disappearing into the walker line and all that. And it was it was far more gruesome. And I ended up thinking even more, how the hell did Grey Worm survive and Tormund and Brienne and Jamie the way the lightened scenes showed the way that the zombie army was just like running over them. Like there was just no way. And so it added really to the disbelief for me being able to see more clearly. So. Mm. And <laughs> uh, game of Thrones news in general, um, we touched on this a couple of weeks ago, but there was a, for some reason, a lot of speculation about the, the successor shows that Mr. Martin likes to call them instead of spinoffs. Um, and so I, I guess there's been like, oh, there's three more Game of Thrones being <laughs> launched or whatever. So there are not new shows being launched. You know, originally there were five that they were, got, you know, greenlit to go ahead with. And then one was completely can't or two have been completely canceled. So there's three that's gone to pilot and two that are in the uh, scripting stage. But George says they're moving along. All three mm-hmm. of them are, even those two are st- still really moving along. And the one that's um, going to have a pilot is the one that's like way, way back when that um, I think goes into Valeria. Oh, cool. Can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And the one, of course, George is most excited about is uh, still being scripted, but it's the one specifically about the Targaryens that, that he wrote his, um, what's that other book called? The Fire and Blood. Fire and Blood. Oh, that one. Yeah. 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 Fire and Blood. Really far back. Mm -hmm. yeah. <clears throat> um, See, but that's one of the thought, ones that are scripted. I always thought the Hedge Knight would just be perfect. You know, because we've got, uh, what, three, four short stories and there's enough to, you know, fill in there. And there's a lot of things that you can do without, you know, mucking up the timeline. But what do Ooh. I know? <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've seen what the other ones are. Um, and so out of this last episode, it seems that one of the most exciting developments ever. HBO has spent roughly a billion dollars filming this show. And they accidentally gave Starbucks the product placement of a lifetime <laughs> for free. In their official statement, they just called it a craft services cup. Um, has it been of confirmed course. that it is officially Starbucks, or is it? No, just I don't like, think so. It just so, looks like it's those they're the cups. Xerox of coffee yeah. cups nowadays. Yeah. You know? It's 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 not the Athens cup and it's definitely not like a Dunkin Donuts cup so everybody's like well it's a coffee cup so it's Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> I know it when Viv mentioned aren't they in like Romania or somewhere? <laughs> like Croatia a lot of the time. Croatia right right Croatia that's right. Although I mean that <laughs> scene was just on a set so that yeah. could be anywhere. Um. Mm -hmm. Although uh, this is not news for anybody that that's been watching, but uh, I recently watched an episode of the Grand Tour, and they actually are do a whole driving thing on some of the old sets for Game of Thrones, Ooh. which is really cool. wild. <laughs> uh, so if you're interested in that, that's that's one episode just to look up. Very cool. Yeah. Like, uh, any other news bits from anybody? jump into this episode i think this one's pretty linear i don't think um mm -hmm. paulette says it's belfast for set pieces oh yeah. cool i think that belfast. that sounds right uh, they definitely i'm have assuming starbucks. they have starbucks and stuff <laughs> <laughs> they have starbucks everywhere yeah there's starbucks on the moon i mean come on <laughs> so the last of the starks the uh title sequence hasn't changed you know the the little square stopped flipping and, um a uh, uh, question yeah. it looked like i i didn't catalog all the changes but mm -hmm. in the this it was the the scene where it went down in showed like the hearth room for in in winterfell looked like it was all busted up oh i'll have to look closer i noticed that it just didn't look like it looked like they were the same places mm -hmm. and yeah i didn't notice that interesting I was I trying i was paying attention time. to like the crypts to see if things were busted and it didn't look like it was busted at all well, the weird thing is that uh, we see that room in this episode and it doesn't look all busted up. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so with, uh, we open outside of Winterfell where they're laying the fallen to rest. Um, in theory, burning's no longer necessary, but I think this would be pretty common in war no matter what when you have that many bodies. Yeah. But I think they just want to be safe <laughs> well right like uh the ground is frozen you're not going to dig that many holes <laughs> yeah that's, uh, that's a good yeah, point yeah it's pra practicality plus it's yeah. it's what they do in essos anyway right 
Mm. Like that was the whole uh, point of Khal Drogo going, going into a pyre, right? I well, oh, yeah, I don't, huh? I don't know that it's consistent though, because if you recall, uh, what's his face, the guy in Marine that mm. Danny was going to marry, uh, his whole he was introduced because his father was one of the guys put up on the, on, yeah. you know, on the cross, uh, and asked that he wanted to have him brought down so that he could be buried. Oh, okay. oh yeah, huh? That's right. All right, yeah. so maybe it's just Dothraki then. Well, you know, rich people are always have uh, different yeah. customs. Well, <laughs> I, honestly, I I am also at this point in the show getting pretty blasé about things happen the way the plot needs them to, not yeah. because of any pre-existing lore. Jumping ahead, uh, <laughs> they were listening to Christiana when they decided to talk about the Lord of Light and how it doesn't mean anything and we're not going <laughs> to hear about it again and we're going to be unhappy if we keep asking questions. It mm. is interesting to me that Davos is the one that <laughs> has really, you know, he's been really conflicted about the Lord of Light this mm. whole time. It's bad, mm. it's good, it's neutral. And now he's just like, it's gone, just right. fucked off. And <laughs> Yeah, well, I think Davos has been experiencing the Lord of Light the longest, while like yeah. other people have may have heard of the Lord of Light for longer. Mm -hmm. uh, Davos has known that there is some power there yeah. ever since season one. Well, the true believers are all gone, right? Yeah. 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 So. Well, in Westeros, at least. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did like so in the pyres how they had you know the um, Liana Mormont and they had you know like who who lit each one and you know yeah. you've got the Unsullied and you've got all the different factions. Uh, of course, uh, Sansa laying down a Stark pin on Theon, which mm -hmm. was like oh, yeah. I thought it made me think oh well, why don't they put him in the crypts with everybody else? Because like they. She's the Lady Winterfell now, goddammit, and they could do that, yeah. but I think they're still scared I, of people possibly yeah. coming back. <laughs> I, yeah. I I questioned whether or not like the the rest of the Starks were actually on those pyres as well. Um, so uh, Mike McCauley says he's curious how much time went by before all the bodies were piled up. I'm thinking dead in the thousands. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, again, without wanting to be too dismissive of it, I'll kind of just reiterate, it seems very clear to me now that the show is not interested in any kind of sort of logical realism of any kind. Oh, yeah. Things happen the way they do because that's what they want to have happen in the plot. There's no other consideration at any time. Mm -hmm. uh, so what they wanted was a shot that looks big, but is not unmanageable. And so that's how many it is. Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I agree though. The front yeah. row and they all burned. So, I mean, well, <laughs> in the opening shot, you do see that there are more people standing amongst the further back ones. Oh, okay. With torches. So uh, presumably <laughs> we, you know, our named characters lit the front row ones and the other people lit the others, presumably. Yeah, yeah. But I, I agree with Mike that even as many as we saw, doesn't look like enough to have covered as many corpses as we would have been dealing with. Unless of course these four foot tall, um, pot, you know, uh, what do they call it? Is a, a beer? I think B I B R. Um, unless those are like stacked just five filled, deep. <laughs> just <laughs> like, filled in the middle. They just yeah. drop them in. 
the, the, <laughs> make the I outside think, look really nice and pretty. I was thinking when I saw the smoke was like, why is no one coughing? Why is no one choking? Everybody's going to end up with respiratory issues. I mean, it's <laughs> a lot of, you know, we don't talk mm. about the environmental effects of burning corpses very much, but <laughs> if we're not actually allowed to track that information, but whatever. Mm. Um, <laughs> it, it just stupid things that run through my head. Uh, this is also the scene we get our confirmation that ghost lives i'm sure many people were crying with joy yeah Uh, (laughs) Yeah. he was very he was very fucked up his poor little ear i felt bad there but so i'll go ahead and jump to the future because you know my rant last time about ghost being bullshit they're finally all bullshit having him leave yeah, but he doesn't so get a gonna... pat on the head. He doesn't no. get a goodbye. It's just like, oh, he'll be happier there. I'm not going to even talk to him. What was the point? I uh, think that yeah. was my first thing is every pet owner <sighs> in the universe is crying out. Screaming. No scritches, no pets. What the fuck? He's a very no. good boy. He deserves oh. scritches. Yeah, oh. you know what? Oh. You know what? I, I, I actually had the thought afterwards is, Good. I'm glad he's going up north with the other wildlings because, frankly, John doesn't deserve him. Yeah. I agree. He does yeah. He's going to find him. someone up the north who will take better care of him and not be such a neglectful, um, you know, cosmic soulmate. I oh, think you, you don't think Tormund's going to be that one. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's the Tormund and Ghost Show. I'd, I'd pay to watch that. I sure. would love yeah. to watch that. And he's going to need some <laughs> extra snuggles, you know, now that his heart is broken. I mean, that was yeah. unnecessary. They didn't even treat his wounds. I know. I know. It's just. <sighs> yeah. So, so um, the only possible out I thought of was. Maybe John and Ghost have a telepathic link and they have this knowingful look and like, you know, you're a good boy. Like, but even that's bullshit. Well, like, it's just, just the whole never thing. Warped, it, it, right? They should have got rid of him seasons ago. They've just, I, have a, they, I have a question. In the it's show, insulting. It's insulting to me. I agree. In the show, John never warged, right? No. Nope. Yeah. Um, I, can, uh, I almost think that it's like, <clears throat> it's almost poetic because if you think about the people that John has loved, he loved Egret. She came to a terrible end and he loves Danny and that's not looking too spiffy. And so it's like, I think he's just somebody that is just maybe going to just disappoint everybody that really truly loves him. And maybe that's just the continuation of what we're going to see. He doesn't want to rule. He doesn't want to lead. He doesn't want to be the Lord commander. He doesn't, you know, want to leave with a grit or stay in the caves or hang out at the waterfall with Danny. He doesn't want to do anything, but he also doesn't, he also won't not do those things. So it's just like, I think it's almost like a, an indication of what life with John will be like. <laughs> it's well, just really the, disappointing. The, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. And I'll, I'll kind of take it a step further that, uh, so I, I have two takes on this same point which is one i think he is essentially feeling like doomed he doesn't really have any view of the future at this point because he already knows like well i mean we're jumping at this point to him saying goodbye to to, you know to, to ghost so we're already a little bit out of order but he knows danny told him 
our future depends on you not telling anybody. And he knows he already told his yeah. family. And so, uh, he, so he, there, what future is there? But he, doesn't he knows think they're he... they're going down to take out a, out Cersei. But then what? That's he has fine. no plan. But he could have yeah. gave him that puppy some scritches. Well, no, I agree. But my <laughs> point is that this. So this this gets into my other take. I feel like what they're trying to do is it's kind of like the whole thing of he is sending Ghost up with Torment where he can be safe and happy the way John wishes he could, right. but can't right? because he knows that going South with him is doom essentially. Yep. Right now, just because I feel like that's what they're trying to do with him. Actually, like they have a shot, a lingering shot of him deciding not to go over and bet him. Bet him yeah. Right. And so I feel like that's what they're trying to do. But what I would say about that is, that's dumb. I don't like it. And I have the same <laughs> complaint about Jamie later, but worse. So we'll right. talk about that. So yeah. April O'Neill in the chat says, John is a bad pet owner and we need to send a raven to the ASPCA. <laughs> doesn't here, clean here. his wounds. Doesn't give him pats. Doesn't tell him mm -hmm. he's a good boy. Doesn't even say goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Awful. Mm. Agreed. So from the, from the opening, um, Liana Mormont's gone. I had a side thought, which I don't think is going to be addressed and I don't think really matters in the big, but you know, I'm presumably she was the last mm. heiress of the house. So I wonder what yeah. happens, you know, I'm guessing presumably the Starks would, uh, you know, give the land to somebody else as a reward for being loyal or something. But yeah. uh, well, I think um, you're right. I think there's no more umbers. I think there's no more Mormonts. There's, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. There's a lot of uh, families that have gone away. Yeah. There's no more Boltons. I, I think the precedent in that case normally would be, you know, the if the succession has sort of been cut short because all of the named Mormonts are gone, that's where you start maybe going to cousins yeah. or yeah. that sort of thing. But also Ambassador. potentially, like, if you feel like whoever, you know, whoever would be the next on the list is sufficiently down the list that you may start talking about like, well, so-and-so really, you know, helped us out and was loyal. So maybe they, they get to, but uh, mm -hmm. I think, yeah, that's kind of how it would normally work. But again, I like, I, 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 I'm, this show's making me feel cynical now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. the show doesn't care. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I, I kind of want to address <laughs> the cynicism a little bit. Um, I am right there with you in the sense of I just I have so many fuck this shows going through my head right now. Um, and as good as the first three episodes were, this was the most disappointing of the season. Uh, I think Paulette said it best where they should have called it the last of the fan service. And uh, what did she say? She said, I have a cupcake for everyone. Uh, for the first one to mention something I liked about this episode, here's a clue: I have no cupcakes. <laughs> oh. Wow! Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, harsh. yeah. That it was frustrating because I, it, I really did sort of didn't feel like I was hating the episode, but then they took each thread and ended each thread in a okay. 
here's here's something I liked. Arya going off with the Hound, presumably mm-hmm. down to King's Landing for for purposes undefined, but probably guessable. Um, yeah. Like I like that. that. Yeah. So that's a that's mm-hmm. a plot thread I like. Um, I think that there were individual pieces that were in scenes that were good, but boy, it sure just did an awful lot of things that I was really unhappy with. Yeah. I, I mean, I yeah, think... there's a, go ahead. Uh, mine's real quick. There's a lot of things that I did not like that viscerally. I was like, Ooh, but I think as a story, we're good. Mm. I think, I think what they were trying to do was, all right, we made you really happy. Now we want to make you really low so that the victory or whatever happens later has meaning. And I understand that. But my problem is I think a lot of it was lazy. I think a Mm -hmm. lot of it was stupid. I think there were better ways that they could have achieved this goal. There Mm -hmm. were some things that I can say, yeah, okay, that's legit. But then there are other things where, you know, honestly, I, I was probably more tolerant of the episode until they killed miss andy and Mm. i just i have no respect right now um and i'm having a hard time seeing past that so i will be bitter and people don't have to agree with me but that's where i'm coming from Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i think ironic (laughs) for a yeah ironic for a filmed medium but they're they're telling they're not showing right (laughs) because they're moving they're moving so fast and they're trying to wrap so many things up right like i feel really conflicted in a way because i think in general i think of myself as someone who tries to reserve judgment on some plot lines and everything it's like well Mm -hmm. you know this this scene uh, feels really yucky, but maybe they're going somewhere with it. We'll have to see how things play out. We don't know where everything's going to end up. And so by and large, I try to view things with that lens, but I really feel like that mindset was strained in this episode uh, because there were several things where it's very clear they're coming in for a landing and as they should be, there's only two episodes left, but I feel like now that I'm getting a sense of where they're coming in for a landing, I'm feeling like it's it's not even that I don't like where they're coming in for a landing. I feel like they're not doing it well. Um, it's like, Hey, it's really bumpy right now. And Hey, shouldn't you have the landing gear out already? And gosh, isn't the crosswind right now? And isn't there another plane on the runway right now? What's happening? (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's not that I can't, it's like, I feel like I see what they're trying to do and don't think they're handling it very well, but I don't want to just be a hater, but I just, Mm -hmm. I'm, this was a very frustrating episode for, you know, a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um, I saw one, I think it was, uh, Zach man, one of our listeners post earlier today that, you know, everything felt so rushed. They're the ones who decided there were going to be six episodes. Yeah. If they needed more time, they could have decided to do, give themselves more time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, sorry, Paul had just posted, there's no Captain Sully on the (laughs) team. Game of Thrones team. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) But yeah, like they're the ones that decided this is the amount of time we're going to have. 
they are the ones that decided we're only filming this amount. So, you know, yeah. I, I have a hard time giving them slack for things that they did to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So in the great feasting hall, we've got uh, Danny naming Jindri Baratheon, Lord of Storm's End. Um, yeah. Which I With thought was pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, I, I like yeah. that. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. It was so great, but immediately at the same time, it's like, oh, well, there goes Arya. That's like, she's, that's literally not the life she wants. She said it mm-hmm. since season one, episode one. Yeah. So it was like, yay, that's awesome, but God damn it. <laughs> I also like yeah. that it shows that Danny is thinking. Yeah. She mm-hmm. is trying to be cunning. And she was very, it was a very smart political move. It was. And it shows, you know, everybody always says that, well, she doesn't actually have any cleverness and she doesn't actually plan and she only works on impulse, but she's realizing, no, I need to plan. And this is what, how I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. My hope of hopes. Well, we'll get into that when Gendry and Arya talk later, but yeah, I I love this. I Mm -hmm. thought it was awesome. And as I said in the chat to Paulette, uh, because she said, just give the houses to all the blacksmiths. Uh, let's give all the houses to the bastards, to the people with no names. Screw the noble houses. Let's start over with real people. Well, you know, um, we're we're going to talk about it later, but that theme actually ties in really well to bronze mm-hmm. beef mm-hmm. later. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I did like how um, Danny's naming of Gendry, though, just kind of changed the whole mood. It was like literally silent and somber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gendry went off looking for Arya and happened to catch Danny's eye. And then after that, you know, the toasting started and the drinking game started and just kind of changed yeah. the whole mood. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that there's a really interesting dynamic, you know, so like the more we talk about it, like the more there are pieces of this that I liked a lot for one show. So, you know, this episode kind of resets what I had been saying about episodes one and two, and then it felt a little muddled in three, which is the show is pivoting on Danny for sure. Now it's very clear that she is going a little bit off. Yeah. But I feel like it was such a cool, nuanced way to show it, to show her sitting there in the middle of this party. Everyone's having a great time and talking and smiling and laughing. Her people, the people in the North, everyone's doing great. And there she is sitting by herself, just stewing with her own thoughts, unable mm-hmm. to take part in what was going on and showing that really self-imposed isolation and how that was sending her mind to dark places of feeling like, how could she ever have learned to get along with people like this? Yeah. What in her life would have prepared her for this? And so we can be sympathetic that, she doesn't know how to handle yeah. herself in this sort of situation. Because she was isolated and on the run her whole life. Right, right. right. And so, so we can understand why she feels socially 
you know, this not able to participate. And yet, what does that feeling do to someone with her sense of, you know, destiny and privilege and entitlement and, and all of that sort of thing where she's looking at this and what she is seeing is they love him. They don't love me. And now that he's told me what he's told me, all it takes is a sentence from him and everyone turns on me. I have mm -hmm. no one left. And that's how she's starting to feel. And, <clears throat> and you can yeah. see that play out on her face in that scene, but in this really subtle subtext way that I thought mm -hmm. was actually really cool. Yeah, that yeah. was really well done. The other thing to remember is all her friends are dead. Mm. You know, she literally just lit Jorah on fire. <laughs> and that is like the last, I mean, I guess Miss Sandy, but I think where were well, I think Miss Sandy and Grey Worm were off together. So I mean, like she knows she's not important to her in that way. They're not friends. They're mm -hmm. they, you know, there's a bond, but it's not it's not her friend. Every time she's had a friend, they die. Well, and to be honest though, she has never had a friend. She yeah, has yeah. had subjects yeah. that she be can become more familiar with. Yeah. She's never had a friend. So Paulette yeah. Jackson, she's been the queen to everyone she's ever known. Yeah. Paulette says, uh, uh, in addition to the way you were describing yeah. Daenerys by herself, drinking her coffee. Yeah. Everyone's drinking wine. Daenerys is drinking coffee. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I thought the, uh, the, the statement from the producers was, which was really great, which was to say, of course, it was a mistake to see the craft services coffee cup sitting on the table because, of course, she ordered an herbal tea. <laughs> I, I've seen a lot of really fun memes about how they misspelled her name. <laughs> of course. Um, I loved uh, Jamie, Tyrion, Brienne, and Pod playing a drinking game. Yeah. It was fun. It's a callback. Um, until Tyrion ruins it, but... Yeah, you know, I was I pretty... have I have a theory about that. So a lot of people are like, why is Tyrion all of a sudden being a dick? And I think that he doesn't see Brienne like he sees other women. I think he sees her as one of the guys and mm -hmm. doesn't know her well enough to know that that would be a hot button. Yeah, well, the thing is, mm -hmm. I I could Im I could imagine that being true is that not only does he see her like one of the guys, but maybe even thinks that's what she wants to be perceived as. Yeah. Um, you know, we just went through the whole thing of like making her a knight. Like, isn't that yeah. what she wanted to be inducted into this? You know, so I could see mm. that. But the thing is like a really fun, pleasant scene just hits clunk. Yeah, when he yeah. says that question, and I'm just and I'm thinking to myself, so like, what is this? A freaking black Breakfast Club? What did you just do, Terry? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seriously. You know what, though? Right. I think I, I would point out that she said you were married before, yeah. and I think that we've learned over the seasons that that is really an Achilles' heel for him. So when she says oh, you yeah. were married, that was like, oh shit, this His is look at real. Jamie like, God damn you. And Jamie just and Jamie's like, I didn't say it. He's just like, mm -hmm. you have to drink. Like, come on, it's a game, drink. So yeah. I think he was probably a dick, but I think he was mildly like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, I feel mm -hmm. like that's harder than like if she had said, you know, I, 
across the drunk, floor, drunk and competitive, and then that kind of yeah. stung. So he lashed out. I could see that. I took it anyways. It was I like just anything else. I don't. I wouldn't have made that excuse for him. But his marriage. He was young. He was stupid. And yeah, he knows the real deal now. But that doesn't mean it doesn't still pack a punch. Yeah. And then the script pages really mean. wanted Jamie to chase her. Well, that was. The, <laughs> yeah, I think. I think the spell is broken for me a little bit because I start looking at every decision, not in terms of why the character would do this or that, but why the writers would choose yeah. to have a character do this or right. that. And the reason <laughs> they would do that is because it introduces the questions that, so Jamie can go after her and then blah, 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 blah. And that's why. And it, but yeah. the thing is like, it's filmed in such a way that it it's like everyone at the table feels the sour note that just got hit, right? Like yeah, it's yeah. it's it's not played like it's a fun, harmless question, and then Agreed. everyone's surprised. Yeah. Like everyone's like, "What the fuck, man?" Yeah, yeah. and um, and to back that up, so he he says you're a virgin. Pod looks at Brienne, and then Pod starts drinking. Yeah, yeah like. Oh, I'm going to take yeah. that as pod saying, no, 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 that's me. That's me. <laughs> Which everyone's like, oh, but didn't he with the, the women in the, in the, uh, in the, yeah. but <laughs> they never charged. Uh, well, I, voice. I could I, see him saying it because who the frick cares if you're a virgin or not, you know, I yeah. thought it was Unless a much simpler. I thought it was a much simpler joke than that, which was, holy shit. He just asked that. And I'm yeah. broken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've heard people say. That um, make that that felt much well, more. We're still having fun, right? Yeah, it was like, oh boy, um, because, but like, so yeah. the thing is, I, I I feel like it just didn't feel natural for Tyrion to switch gears from fun, little silly, mm -hmm. you know, questions like that are personal but not like jamie even challenges him on it like that's not the type of question that we're asking you know yeah. because you know it's things you've done in the past and then he elaborates to say i'm saying that it's a thing that you have never done and like like it's not even in the spirit of the game yeah mm -hmm. um so i just really Frustrate. I was, yeah, I, that was one of the moments that really uh, was kind of a clunker for me. Like, I yeah. just, yeah, it kind of took me out of it. Mike McCauley yeah. says, I took it as all virgins playing the game drink. Yeah, mm. I guess so. But like, uh, it's, <laughs> and um, FYI, I like, I'm sure everybody listening knows, like, this is the stupidest thing to shame somebody for. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah, and the thing is like I like the weirdness of it is that it puts Tyrion in the role of the asshole who is mm -hmm. like, Well, it's just asking questions. I don't see what the big deal is. I wasn't yeah. shaming her. It's just asking questions. We're playing a game. Like he doesn't actually understand why that could be a touchy thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like yeah. He's usually smoother than that. And they didn't play him as so drunk that he was making that kind of mistake. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah, it didn't feel like a natural dialogue to me. It felt like set up for what they wanted to have happen later, which I was pretty, well, 
I mean, we'll talk more about that. They could have gotten there a better way. They really yeah. could have. Yeah. Um, so Paulette says, I still blame the writers for turning Brienne's virtue into something she's supposed to be ashamed of. She should have said, damn straight, I'm a virgin. No man is good enough. And you know what? That come that made me think of when she spoke up for Jamie, she talked about how he defended her virtue. So she's mm -hmm. already spoken, spoken publicly about her virtue. Mm -hmm. So like... I, I, you know, at first I'm, I was thinking, well, I understand why she sh feels shame, not that she should, but because she was teased her whole life about, you know, not being able, not, not being the type of person men want. But now that I'm thinking about the fact that she's spoken publicly about her virtue, uh, it actually seems more in character to me that Brienne would be like, well, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm honorable. I'm not, you know, well, I don't know. I'm not sure I agree. I think it's it's been clear from Brienne's character all along that this is a touchy subject for her. Oh yeah. And well, I so, thought even yeah. the you danced with Renly was a little close to to her touchy subject. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so the, the I I felt like Tyrion is usually a better has a better read on people and so asking a question that had like I think everyone watching heard him ask that and knew immediately she's not going to react to that question well. Yeah. Yep. So if we yep. all know that, then how does Tyrion not read that? On, right. on you know, and yeah. so, and I and and the thing is too that like it's one thing to like to say that being a virgin is not something to be ashamed of because right. it's not, but that doesn't mean that it's something that everyone is comfortable with like everyone mm -hmm. might have different reasons for why that's true right and not everyone is going to be feel comfortable talking about what those reasons are in mixed company and so it's not and based on your situation uh, your comfort yeah. level may change so like yeah. in the middle of a drinking game you might not be ready for, to talk about this you may not be mm -hmm. prepared for that yeah. and like you said well, it's especially breakfast club because if you're you know the whole thing in the breakfast club is if I say I'm a virgin, I'm a prude. If I say I've had sex, then mm -hmm. I'm a slut that no matter what the answer is, mm -hmm. you're doomed. Yeah. And that's what like a drinking game ends up being. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so it was, fr it was frustrating. And the one uh, recap I read, first of all, I was kind of surprised didn't indicate any like had no questions at all about why he would ask that, but suggested that what he was trying to do is is like set set things up for Jamie, which I thought was such a yeah, bizarre take on the season uh, on yeah, that scene. Yeah. Um, but when the thing that is, never worked. Well, but then the scene later when they're talking about afterwards, it's it's practically like they're trying to confirm that that was what was going on, even though it doesn't play like that at all in the first scene. So yeah, no, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't agree yeah. with that assessment. Teal Wolf says the only thing I remotely considered was Tyrion being offended by the previous marriage question, but it's a stretch. And yeah, yeah. or rather, and, I'm sorry, it's a stretch. And the thing is. <laughs> If that's what they wanted the read to be, they, they could have made did it. it badly because yeah. they did not connect those dots for yep. us, the viewer. And we all know that Peter Dinklage is a, a good enough actor that could convey that to us. Yeah. If that was the point. Yeah. It's weird in the scene. 
It mm-hmm. feels like he turns on a dime and changes the tone deliberately for no apparent reason. That's what it mm-hmm. feels like yep. in the scene. And it's directed that way. And so I wonder, it's like, is there, was there some dialogue that got cut out? Who even knows? But at well, this, I mean, it, yeah. He's never really had to play wingman for Jamie before because he's only ever banged his sister. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> he's just not really good at it, you know? Yeah. yeah I mean, if it, anyone should be feeling shame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it, it was for- effective. They banged, but it was just wasn't pretty getting there. But I also don't think that they banged because they brought up her virginity. And well, like, no. I read somewhere somebody no, said, no, no. Oh, Jamie, here's your virgin. I'll fix that. Just like you want to be a knight. I'll fix that. No, I think it was more born out of jealousy. Like when Tormund came over, that was the big thing. Right. But she was already leaving when Tormund. Oh, yeah. She was leaving. Yeah. So I, I think that it was a complicated muddle of both and all of those things together. But I, what it makes me feel Part of the reason that I think I'm frustrated with this episode is that there are so many things in it where I feel like my brain, I can't keep my brain in the mode of why would character A do this? Mm-hmm. All I can think of is why would the writers make him say that? Mm-hmm. And that's frustrating because this is a show that I've enjoyed all of this time where sure, occasionally various behind the scenes factors come in and out here and there and you understand it. But by and large, I feel like I'm able to stay immersed, but I've really had, I've really struggled that with, with that this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So Mike McCall, uh, Paulette says Bazinga Vib. Uh, Mike McCauley says uh, she always seems squeamish about her sexuality throughout the show. I always assumed she was a virgin. There's mm-hmm. one thing about assuming and and then having it called out, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, and then uh, I was under the impression that she had always been picked on about her being not being feminine enough, enough and not showing any attraction to men. And yeah, there's I think it's more explicit in the books, but I mean, I've always identified with Brienne because how she was treated by men while she was growing up was mm-hmm. very similar to how I was treated. So like, yeah, I mean like that is, it's really hard to trust and it's really hard to talk about these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and the drinking game is a stupid time to talk about it. Right. Well, and the thing is, the thing is too, that like, uh, as far as not showing attraction, any attraction to men, I mean, She was in in love with Renly. And also she did previously tell the story about how she was at this, you know, the Westeros equivalent of a debutante ball or whatever. Mm -hmm. And all of the uh, young men were treating her very nicely. And then she only for her to discover that it was like a group joke. Yep. Yeah. And that it was, uh, and that's part of where, why she fell in love with Renly was because he was the only one that was like actually nice to her and told her like, who cares what they think they're stupid. And um, so like, I don't, I feel like canonically she is at, attracted to men at least to some degree. Agreed. But that doesn't mean she's comfortable with any of yeah. those feelings. Agreed. Right. Yeah. And we had debated her and Jamie way back in those seasons yeah. when they spent mm-hmm. a lot of time together, whether yeah. they were in love or not. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of arguments for them having strong feelings for each other. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but confirmed. <laughs> so she's already leaving when Tormund shows up, and yeah. I was frustrated. So and he's got such poor timing. He was ready to make his move. He's got his lines. Well, um, and the thing is too that like I, I, I was. I was annoyed that they made him so over the top drunk and like the joke about which one of you crapped my pants, like that sort of thing. Like it's, <laughs> I love that joke. That was a great I mean, joke. it's funny, but I'm just saying that they definitely deliberately had Tormund in this scene. Yeah. Be the anti Jamie. Yeah. Oh yeah. In a way that I was watching and saying, Oh, well, okay. I guess which side of this shipping war the show has decided to take here. Yeah. Right. But I, you know, I, you know, here's, here's what I'll say to everyone that what I said to everyone before we started recording, I called it. Yep. I called it. I said, <laughs> I could see the ship with Brienne going either way. But if she goes with Tormund, that's a happy story. If she goes with Jamie, that's a sad story. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm not happy to have been proven right about that, but I did <laughs> say so. Yeah. And <clears throat> I really, I really think that I still think, and maybe that this is more headcanon than anything else, that Tormund wasn't there to make his move. He just keeps waiting for her to make a move. Like I feel like he's being, he wants her to tell him that it's time like he mm -hmm. keeps flirting and showing his affections but yeah i just feel like he kept waiting for her to do something because like, you know that's what yeah. happened with the giant and that's what happened with the bear they all well, made the first move and mm -hmm. it's almost like he was not ever actually as aggressive and creepy as some people tried to make it mm -hmm. seem like he was just because he clearly showed his attentions yeah. and she never actually told him to go away she was a little creeped out but you know he he like so we talked about that and it's like we yeah. could say there's some blurry lines there but he never I actually made the first move yep i yep. struggle to think of a single scene or moment or flash of her eyes where she did not where she looked interested in torment that's true right like she never showed interest in him at all. We were all mm -hmm. smitten with him being smitten by her. So yeah. I never saw that relationship going that way. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. I think you're absolutely right. She would have been happy with him if she could have right. allowed and herself to be with him, but she never would be, she would never be with Dormund. Right. If there was any interest, she would have shown it. Right. I mean, but I, again, I imagine how much it took for her to get over the, the fact that Jamie's a Kingslayer and an Oathbreaker. Then she has to get over the fact that he's a wildling. Exactly. That's my point, though. They have no honor, according yeah. to Westerosi. Yeah, but like at the same time, like she showed no interest in Torment and because they didn't write her that way. Yep. yep. Uh, Paulette says, well, that's what happened with the serving girl. She picked Torment up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was. I thought it was hilarious him going and crying yeah. to the hound he, <laughs> when they yeah, pined I, over. And he's just he like, pined oh, for you grit, but he he pined for you grit, but he never made a move move with her either. Mm -hmm. And then it was all my oh man, John, you're with my girl. It's like, well, say something. Did your grit know that you liked her? Mm -hmm. Well, but yeah. it was Aurel that wanted a grit, not. Tormund. Oh, I thought Tormund did too. Tormund yeah, was like, no, hey, good for you, boy. Here's oh, what okay. you need to do. Right. It was <laughs> yeah. All but, right. Um, Tormund was just fine, though. Can we can we agree on that? He was 
just fine. Oh, yeah, he got over it, yeah. He right. recovered well. He well, was- yes, I agree, right. but I also felt like, oh, let's have him be sad for 15 seconds and then immediately find as he goes off with another girl yeah. was the writer solving the shipping war, even though they were about to blast it into a million pieces in yeah. three scenes later. So this was the first time that I ever watching this show thought for a second, Oh my God, I feel like I'm on save, like the save by the bell or like yeah. 90210 <laughs> or something where they're in the peach pit and they're just like, Oh yeah, she's with me. Like that was, it mm. was very shallow. It's mm. not what I've become used to with the show. Mm-hmm. It was disappointing. And it, it just, it was all really hollow. It was. It, they definitely made it light with Tormund making his jokes and stuff like that. And then, of course, crying to the hound. That was delicious. It was so <laughs> fucking funny. But it yeah. it really was just an overall just like a disappointing whole setup from this from the drinking game, the mention of virginity mm. on. It was just really sh- just yeah. yeah. I liked the drinking game scene up to that point. Up to that yep. point. Yeah. It was um, Yeah. So one other thing about when Tormund gets his consolation prize or whatever. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Um so the name of the girl that picks him up is Willa. Mm-hmm. Which is the name of the woman that Robert believed to be John's mother. Hmm. Now we know that they reuse a lot of uh, yeah. a lot of names in Game mm-hmm. of Thrones. So I mean, it, it just I just thought that was really funny. And then um, the 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 woman that that the Hound dismisses, um, she ends up going with Pod and another lady. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I heard an interesting theory that is purely speculative, but I kind of like it, which is that. Sansa sent the two girls over to them, not because of torment so much because as because of Sandor, who is brooding mm-hmm. by himself, drinking by himself, and just like, mm. let's let's try to head off any trouble that's going to cause. I could I could see that I could yeah. see that. And I mean, then after he chases her away, us. yeah, yeah, that's when she goes over and talks to him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, Teal Wolf um, says, uh, yeah, the writers wanted to shame Tormund for being crass. He's not a bad dude. It's like, yes, and they made him extra crass in this scene just to yep. sort of drive home yeah. why Jamie's choosing yeah. Jamie or uh, Rand's choosing Jamie instead. Mm-hmm. When she said her name was Willa, for some reason, I immediately assumed she was a Fray. I don't know why, but because uh, they all have W names. Yeah. I thought I remembered another Willa Fray. I feel there like one of yeah. it's probably yeah. a common enough name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, in the books, Willa is Edric Storm's wet nurse, or sorry, Edric Dane's wet nurse, and also Jon Snow's wet nurse, and that's where that all comes again. So I can't imagine that <laughs> this girl that's somehow in the north. No. Is yeah. also related to this Willa that was in Storm's End and blah blah blah. Nah. But yeah. I think There's it's only so more many of an Easter egg than anything yeah. else. <laughs> There's only so many names. Yeah. So we've got uh, the Hound and Sansa having their conversation. Yeah. Um, I which was pretty like interesting. Yeah. You've changed, little bird. <laughs> None of this would have happened if you'd left me. I liked it Stop mostly. I, I I've heard some mixed takes about her her line about like if 
you know, if you, if I'd gone with you, I would have been the little bird forever or whatever, you know, what mm -hmm. I don't yeah. have the, remember the exact wording, but right. like, I've heard some people complain that that makes it feel like she's somehow like, is like playing into the trope that the only way for women characters to be tough or interesting is if they've had terrible trauma happen to them. Mm. Um, I, I didn't, it, the line felt a little, a little odd to me when she said it, but I didn't react strongly to it, but I part of, okay. I'm not spoiling Avengers Endgame, except just to say in the most general terms, that there's, I think, a question about how people deal with trauma in that movie that some people felt was really problematic. And yet I also, I, when I watched it, I felt like I was really moved by it. So it just goes to show that when you're going to deal with those types of story points, you know, people have had terrible things happen to them and how they process that people are not all the same. And so almost any depiction you choose is going to feel wrong or off to some people. I am probably being very nice and giving them a lot, the writers a lot more credit, but again, this may just be my headcanon. The way that I felt that that I would still be a little bird is kind of open-ended in the sense that the hound may be looking at her thinking, yeah, I kind of wish you were. Mm -hmm. Um, she might be thinking this is something that will make it easier for him. This is something he'll want to hear, you know, uh, instead of me having to deal with the fact of everything that happened to me. Um, I, not that I don't think she was lying, but it was very much a, it wasn't, oh, well, it all worked out well for the end. It was more, I'd still be that girl. Mm. And just kind of, open end and 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 find this'll 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 end the conversation without us getting too dark because mm -hmm. yeah. that's I not where i just, wanted this to go that's why it's just a pretty generic you know it made me who i am and this is mm -hmm. who i need to be right now and what i got from his look was um without all that blah 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 his look to me was an i would have protected you yeah. you know like yeah. yeah, you could have been, you could have still been that little burden. I would have protected yeah. Yeah. you. I, I felt like she wasn't telling him what he, what she thought he wanted to hear though. It was almost, I, yeah. it, it almost felt like the reverse to me because he was, um, she was trying to shut down some, a pretty toxic way of thinking, which is that like mm. somehow like you were too afraid of me to accept my help back then. And then all these terrible things happened to you. If you had just come with me, it would have all been better. And all these bad things wouldn't have happened to you. And it was, it's, it's kind of almost this sort of mean spirited, like, why didn't you pick me sort of spiteful energy almost making this her fault? Yeah. I told yeah. You yeah. So. yeah. And, and so she's kind of basically just saying like, the things that happened happened and I am here and here we are. And so let's not waste time. Yeah. No, talking about she was claiming, claiming own ownership over them. I feel yeah. like, and no longer choosing to be a victim over it. I felt right. like it was kind of her reclaiming power in a mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. Or at least trying to because she's been through some shit. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I definitely agree. I feel like that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and I, I, that's how it felt to me 
But I have just seen that some people reacted very negatively to that because they felt it was more like, uh, it, because it is kind of uh, a tropey character thing where sometimes male writers think that char women characters can only be tough and strong if they've had terrible traumas happen to them. Yeah. 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 Teal Wolf says, I drew parallels between Sansa and Bran saying that bad things happened, but it brought us here and we're likely alive because of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree. I, I feel like it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's like what Bran says to Theon, right? Mm hmm. Well, and it, if we want to dissect it, um, if she left with Sandor, would she still be alive? Would she have been able to escape right. all that pain? I don't think so because he almost died and he went through hell mm -hmm. and you know, but he, he would have taken her away yeah. and they but would have been at the together same time. Off. Mm -hmm. There would have been other traumas like, right. Yeah, exactly. There's no, there's no guarantee. Yeah. That's kind of what I was imagining she was going to say before she actually, yeah. you know, said what she did, which was just to say, he's going to say, if you'd gone with me, none of that would have happened. And then she'd say, no, just any number of other horrible things that yeah. could have happened. Exactly. And mm. honestly, like, I think had she said that, it would have, again, gone to a place that she didn't want it to go because right. then it would have been, well, what do you mean? I can't protect you, you know, and then it becomes right, a, right, a exactly. Story. She doesn't want to, yeah. she doesn't want to go down that road. She wants it to be a matter of saying, it's a waste of time to yeah. bemoan what could have happened in some alternate timeline where I made a different decision years ago. Yep. Let's move on. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah. I like that element of it. Um, but I guess what I was just sort of wanting to get to is that because, you know, people and people's traumas and how they process those is very personal and can vary a lot from one person to another. It's difficult in any story to really approach that because no matter, you know, no matter how you have this one character deal with it, some people are going to say, what? That's not how it works at all. That's terrible. I'm angry and I feel rejected. And other people are going to say, no, I feel very seen. That's exactly how it was for me. Exactly. Right? Yep. And so it's, it's, it's definitely a very challenging thing for the show to approach. And so I kind of, even though we've given the writers a lot a pretty hard time so far this episode, <laughs> I, I, I want to, I want to say it's like, they've, they've not always been great on this subject but I felt like this one worked for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and, and honestly, I think this might be like my favorite scene of the show of this episode, you know, mm. just because I have the least problems with it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but why did it take till episode four for Sandor and Sansa to have a conversation though? Well, they were busy. <laughs> I know. But There's a lot going, going on. on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Let's not forget, I have always been a Sand Sand fan. Yeah. Another uh, from Paulette, another G. If only we had more episodes to explore this conversation better. Oh, <laughs> right. <wait. laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we already touched on uh, Gendry giving Arya his news and her reaction. Mm. Is there any, any other thoughts on that? Yes. So uh, clearly, Gendry has no clue what Arya wants. 
he was in his own head thinking the only thing stopping him from being with Arya was the fact that he was a bastard. Uh -huh. Yeah. My hope is that he realize it, realizes it and says, Arya, I don't want it. I'm going to reject the offer. I We don't have to get married. Can I still travel with you? That's what I want to see. <laughs> I, so I I really liked this scene, actually, because of both of him being kind of, you know, a little dopey and lovesick, mm -hmm. frankly. Right. Yeah. Um, and also just kind of high on the new epiphany of I've just been made a lord and not just a lord, but lord of storm's end. Like and also like this is, you know, everything feels like it's, you know, everything's coming up Millhouse or, you know, Gendry, yeah. right? Um, and so, like, I I liked that she's very happy for him, mm -hmm. but she shuts down, you know, the uh, that whole proposition, like, gently, but unequivocally of saying, yeah. no, I'm yeah. not going to do that. That's not what I want. That's not who I am. That's not me. And I love how she did it. Like, I think mm -hmm. we all could have predicted her reaction was going to yeah. be no. Mm -hmm. um, but I like that she's like, she kisses him. She hugs him. She's very happy. Mm -hmm. But it's not a, it's just, I'm so happy for you. Mm -hmm. That's not me. You know, it's, it's totally a, it's not you, it's me kind of a right. thing. You know, and she did it in such a way where there was no like, ifs, ands, or buts. There was no opening that maybe in the future or whatever. It was just, these are the cold hard facts, but I really do care for you. It was it was more of a gently delivered reminder because she has yeah. been saying that to him. I'm not a lady since he first discovered that she was a Stark. Mm -hmm. Arya Stark. She the first thing she said is, I'm not a lady. Stop calling me that. So that's mm -hmm. their running gag, right? Yeah, yeah. And he just real he just found out that it wasn't shtick. It wasn't just because she didn't want to be called that because of whatever reason. It was because she literally doesn't see herself in that role. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that had to suck for him to put those two pieces yeah. together right there. He thought it was yeah. just their little joke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I will roll my eyes just a little bit of the cheat at the cheesiness of he's wandering around looking for her. Whoop! Almost gets hit by an arrow. Oh. <laughs> and I was just like, oh come on, guys, come on. Yeah. He can do yeah, than like that. she's gonna I mean, practice I into a hallway. Right. Yeah. Well, like it was make sense. Like yeah. So I I didn't have a big problem with it, but I did roll my eyes. <laughs> By yeah, the my way, assumption Kaylee, was it was the same place that they found her before practicing yeah, you know, that, yeah. That, it looked like the same location it just looked in reverse like she was shooting yeah. into the hallway mm -hmm. instead of shooting at her target <laughs> well right they had him come in from a yeah. different angle so, by the way, I just have to say this entire cast, I have had my focus on Chooch because now she just moved, but Kaylee has been in the bottom corner. There she is. And it has been so much fun just watching her. Um, I, I just retweeted just shortly before we started recording a, a tweet that had a little video um, where it shows a guy sleeping on a couch and there's this little puppy that's curled up in like this, like three inches of space between the guy and the edge of the couch. And then an older dog 
golden retriever comes in, is like sniffing back and forth. You can see that the dog has carried in a dog bed and then the dog sort of nervously, gently pulls the puppy off the couch, deposits him on the on the dog bed, and then proceeds to climb up onto the couch to take that <laughs> same spot. I love it. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, so I just retweeted that, everyone. You watch that like when we're done. Yeah. <laughs> you have homework. Yeah. For for everyone that is upset about ghost. Yeah. That's one of the things I forgot to mention earlier. That was one of my predictions was maybe they're keeping ghost around to be like a significance of magic leaving the world. And no, 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 no. They're already just done with them. Yeah. (laughs) But you know, you know, like I, I said it already, but I am, I am frankly happy to see a ghost go off to the North where I feel like he will be okay up there. Yeah. He will not get killed up there. He will be able to live a life in a place where he belongs up there. With, with his one ear. Mm. <laughs> Gouging his side, but nobody uh. decided to bandage. <laughs> uh, so the next big scene was uh, Jamie coming to check on Brienne. And uh, mm-hmm. I've never slept with a knight before. <laughs> I was so annoyed at his... High school esque moves. Yeah. Like, like assumptions. It's so hot in here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I, I was expecting him to do like a yawn and stretch next. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Gosh, it's so hot in here. Oh, you know, it's so hard to untie this with my golden hand. Oh. He's never needed any game. Yeah. yeah. Well, because Gross. he's only ever slept. With- <laughs> right. It was just, it was so bad. And it was just, yeah. like, and, and, of all the times to sleep with him, it's like, oh, when he just assumes I'll sleep with him. Okay. Great. The pity. Well, yeah. you know, right. honestly, I, because, you know, I, I'm on the record as having yeah. been a pro team torment feeling, but I was willing to say, okay, the show's yeah. made its choice. That's yeah. fine. We're going to do this. Jamie cares for her. He's going to take care of her. It's fine. This is a little cheesy, but okay. Yeah. And then, you know, we have that that scene where it's a little awkward, but I liked actually that it didn't make her as awkward as it might have because mm-hmm. as sensitive a subject as it was and as inexperienced as she was, she knew she did want this. And once it yeah. was clear what, why he was there, even though he was being awkward, she was kind of like, all right, I'm making the decision. We're going to do this. And she's yeah. just straightforward. She I liked that, I liked yeah. that a lot. Yeah, I will give credit for her side of it. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. Like I yeah. said, I just, I, I hold higher standards for Brienne, but at the same time, I do understand yeah. where she's coming from. Mm-hmm. And honestly, living in the life that she did, I completely understand. Yeah. Everything yeah. makes sense. Um, as, But at the same time, you know, I was also grateful for the fade to black because I just, yeah. Um, But also uh, (laughs) here here is when he kept asking questions about Tormund. And this is where the jealousy part came to me. Like Mm -hmm. that he was really here more because he's like, well, if I don't do something, Tormund might scoop her up. Yeah. Um, Which again, is this saved by the bell? Well, here's, here's here's the thing though, that we, we can't not, Look through this, look at this scene in the rearview mirror now that we know what we know, which is yeah. that Jamie's a piece of shit 
and yep. he doesn't deserve her and he treated her extremely badly and I hate him now. So yeah. that's yeah. it. Yeah. He's yeah. worse than Parker. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Buffy. He's worse than Parker and Buffy. I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah, it it's it, it is literally the worst thing he could have done to her. Yeah. Because it is making him believe I'm different than all those other guys. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason that I'm different is because you made me different because you're special and you're the one that has convinced me to come away from all of these terrible things in my past. Yeah. Because I yeah. love you. Oh, by the way, I'm going to sleep with you once and then leave in the middle of the freaking night to go back to my sister because I'm actually awful. And here I'm going to say all these mean things to you so that you won't follow me. Mike, and like Mike McCauley says, the whole banging someone, you know, has a thing for their sibling was really yeah. awkward. And yeah. so, you know, I a lot of, you know, there's people who want to like defend Jamie and try to say, oh, he's just doing the thing like. Like Arya did to Numerius, like he he he's actually going to go kill Cersei, and he just doesn't want uh, Brienne to follow her because follow him because he cares about her and doesn't want her to get into uh, get in danger. And I'm saying she's not an animal; she's a Thank human you. freaking yeah. being. Yes. Yeah. And if he actually <sighs> cared about her, he would be honest with her, and yeah. he's yeah. not. Yeah. And yeah. I yeah. I personally think that he's not going to King's Landing to be with his sister, I have hope that he's going there to kill her because he well, knows he's yeah. not a good person. I think they totally framed it as, and, and that's yeah. what I don't understand. They get this news of the new terrible thing that Cersei's done. Yeah. And what? He's suddenly hard and he knows that she's what he wants. Like, there's no, I don't understand why this news is what changes his mind and he has to go I, to her. So I think other than he's going to go kill her. Right. <laughs> well, I don't know what we're why we're supposed to believe that makes him yeah. in love with her again. I don't want to uh, talk over Viv, but I have more on that. No, I just I think that when we did the rewatch, because I was like you, I was like I don't even understand where that came from. But it was the look on his face; he really seemed to absorb it when Sansa looked at him and said, "I hoped to be there to see your sister be executed, and it seems like I won't," or something along those lines. And his face in that scene, it was like. I thought, oh, this all just really became very real to him. Like, mm -hmm. this is this is like shit is really going down, and I'm not there. And I don't know what he intends, whether it's to bang Cersei again and protect the mm -hmm. baby, or to kill her. I don't know what his intentions are. But he left our girl mm -hmm. in the middle of the night, crying yeah. and screaming in the goddamn driveway. And that's they only had the conversation because right she woke up. Yeah, because right. she was just sneaking off. I know, yeah. just, just the worst. No, so, no. No, yeah. nothing. It's like Mori Povich, but worse. Yeah. So I, the, as far as the characterization of it, like what's going on in Jamie's head, I feel like, you know, first of all, is he going there to be with her or to kill her? Like, well, the show's obviously playing Lady or the Tiger with that right now. Yeah. You know, like it's deliberately not telling us. Yeah. And frankly, because I think it, it, Jamie does not have a clear idea in his own head anyway. Yeah. Um, even if he's planning to kill her, I think I think I can follow the characterization of it, which is to say, the man he would need to be to stay with Brienne, as much as she believes that he is a good man, he doesn't believe yeah. it. 
that that you could see that when she says you're a good yeah. man and his face changes. Yeah, he he knows, first of all, that there had been things that he hadn't told even her. Yeah. And so that's why he spits them out at her when she yeah. says that. But he has got this self-loathing going on that is why it ties directly back into the conversation with Tyrion and I think episode two, which is to say he tries to brush aside, like, how could I have known how awful T Cersei was? But Tyrion is like, come on, you always yeah. knew, yeah. but you loved, loved her anyway. And I think that that we're, we're tying directly into that yeah. in the sense that whatever his intentions are with Cersei, whether it's some sort of like, I think it is not even a coherent plan so much as it is this thing like, that's where he belongs for better or worse. Whatever's going to happen, he he should be with her, not necessarily like romantically, but like he can't let her get killed by someone else halfway across the continent when he's up here with someone else. Yeah. yeah. Like he, that's what he can't bear is the idea that her fate is out of his control. Like that he, he has no say in what's going to happen. And I think that it's it's a self-loathing thing, which is the more she believes in him, the more he hates himself. Mm -hmm. And that's why he can't stay. So frankly, on the one hand, I can totally buy the characterization of why Jamie would do this. And yet that does not make it a good thing to do or, or him any less of a piece of shit. You know, right. he's saying, I'm not a good person. I'm saying, you, no, you're not. Right. <laughs> right. I you're agree. Not. Yep. You have some noble inclinations and perhaps you could eventually get there, but this is sure not something that a good person does what you're doing right now. You know, if we want to say it's not, it's about your actions and not some inherent quality to you. We could say what you're doing right now, not good. Yeah. 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 And I believe that his intention is to go and kill Cersei, but I don't think she should ever take him back after that. I don't care what his intentions are. Mm -hmm. After he did this to her, there's no coming back from that. Yeah. You could never trust somebody again after that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Mike says, I would imagine that if the most uh, if most of the sex you've had in your life was with your sister, deflowering a woman may have shaken him enough to make him bolt. Uh, mm. Maybe. Uh, and Paulette, then, yeah. Yeah. You're going to read Paulette. Paulette Go adds uh, adds uh, that Jamie thinks Cersei's baby is his, which I, I would imagine it's, yeah. it seems clear at this point, Kyburn gave like an, a vague head nod. So maybe yeah. she's actually pregnant, whatever. Okay, fine. Or he says um, it to make your own belief. Yeah. Although because I, I think she is at this point because I feel like I see the shape of the next plot line with that mm -hmm. coming up, which, you know, this jumps way ahead, but Tyrion mentioning it, you see her face because the, her face change when he mentions that because yeah. she's told you're on it's his but he didn't sleep with her until after Jamie had left. Mm -hmm. So I think she was having this sudden like, oh, is Huron going to put that together? Yeah. Because <laughs> that could be really bad. Um, so I think that that might be something that they raise next episode, but we'll see. Um, 
Uh, what I will say is that I will be so pissed if Brienne is pregnant now from Jamie. Oh Ooh, gosh, wow. I hope not. Uh, I, I hope not. Ugh. I hope that is just a horrible, horrible thought that. Well, we all but, know like, that Jamie doesn't know how to not make that happen. And <laughs> it's not like she's. Yeah. I can't so, imagine that she's learned. Fingers oh. crossed that that's just some nightmare, darkest timeline and yeah. it won't be what happens. Um, but <laughs> I I am starting to have fears of those sorts, uh, these horrific visions of. Um, Jamie is going to go off. The show is going to play it like a twist that he's actually there to kill Cersei. He is going to die in the aftermath. And then everyone will be sad that poor Jamie went off and died. Mm. But at least we have this to remember him and I will barf. Yeah. And Paulette yeah. had the same terrible thought. Yeah. Oh, that's awful. Now that's all I can think about. And I really <laughs> hope don't do that. Yeah. I already have a problem with like, pregnancies just thrown in just to manipulate characters yeah well, i mean i just you could always worry about aria and danny too well that's true well danny on the one hand we're told yeah the there was a whole like mystic prophecy thing supposedly. but on the other hand it was yeah. tied into the call returning primarily yeah. though wasn't yeah. it yeah and then with aria I don't know. She knows about death. She can handle this. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But the, yeah, I, you know, so Mike says Cersei has plenty of experience deceiving the real father. Euron is no different. To some extent, I agree because the truth is that all she would have to say based on what Tyrion actually said is it, was, it must have been a spy. Someone yeah. found out. Tyrion found out. That's all it was. You know, yep. Tyrion is, you know, did you not see very right next to him? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I think that it would be an easy way to resolve if everyone yeah. was behaving in actual intelligent ways, but who knows? Um, but yeah, so uh, I was, you know, as as angry as I was at Jamie, and as much as my heart ached for Brienne, this was another example of me kind of getting kicked out of the moment a little bit and saying, this is the writer's fault. Yep. It's not Jamie because he's a bad person. It's the writers made this happen. And now I'm mad at them. Yep. And if, so if they wanted Jamie to have a freak out. They would have done it the next morning. They wouldn't have had everybody leave and then have him freak out later. It just, mm -hmm. all of and this. What's the, yeah, what's the point of having a redemption arc if you're just going to destroy it? Yeah. Well, I think the problem is that they think that they haven't. They're going to have the reveal that she he actually went south to kill Cersei and that that's going to somehow in their mind uh prove that he really did get redeemed and somehow that that means that what he did to Brienne was okay. And yeah, so that's no. my fear. Yeah, <laughs> so. exactly. Uh Chish, can you do that again, please? Oh, you know, you know what? <laughs> You know what I wouldn't mind is if the story does play out that way, but he survives and then he comes back and he says, uh, there, I've done it. I've done what I had to do and I've come back to be with you. And then she punches him in the face and goes off to rides up north. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. 
Um, if we're cleared with there, we can jump to another bedroom, to mm -hmm. John's bedroom. Uh, just one last thing. Mike says that he's with Christiana about the writers. I felt the same way about what they did to Jamie. Yeah. And Paulette says yes, please, to our theory. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Go ahead, nice. Chooch. Oh, well, uh, Danny comes to check on John mm -hmm. um, to see where, how, where he's at. The yeah. only thing I liked about this is she asks if he's drunk. Hmm. Because she's like, I want to have a real conversation. Are you drunk? No. Wobble. A little. I, you know, I, no. I, we, we could quibble about like whether we like the broad strokes of the storytelling in terms of the, where they're taking various characters, but in and of itself, given where the story is right now, I kind of, I actually thought this scene was pretty good in the sense oh, yeah. that she is we so we show her mental state being a little bit precarious here in that she feels like she's in trouble here because if he actually decided to move against her not only would that be something she would actually have a really hard time putting down if he tried to really move against her but also she has legitimately caught feelings for him and mm -hmm. now that's messy and she's bummed about that and he might try to usurp her her what she sees as her destiny and she doesn't know what to do about it because she's not actually all that skilled on a person-to-person -person level uh socially that is and so she's kind of flailing a little bit and she's she is her credit begging I, him i give her credit for the fact that she says it doesn't matter what you want no yeah it yeah. matters what they want if they uh -huh. want you to be king you uh -huh. didn't want to be lord commander you became right. lord commander you uh -huh. didn't want to be king in the north you became the king in the north uh -huh. and that his desire has never played a played a part uh -huh. And by the way, they did mention the whole John coming back to life in the in the in the uh, the drinking scene, mm -hmm. and nobody seemed to blink about that. I yeah, <laughs> I I think that that has sort of just become sort of like legendary sorts of things where yeah. you know it's like the guy I caught a fish this big, but it got away, you know, so I can't prove yeah. it. But and it's from Torment who suckled the giant's teeth. So. Yeah. so I think a lot of people probably assume it's like metaphorical, like he suffered yeah. a tremendous wound and everyone thought he was gonna die. Yeah. And I think a lot of people think that. But it's also true that they all just fought a army of fucking zombies yeah <laughs> i am very sweary this evening <laughs> but, I, I i'm right there with you christiana I'm yeah, feelings. Cousin a lot uh yeah. so paulette says i find it uh interesting that neither of them have mentioned that she's his aunt not just related but a generation apart i think they're not mentioning it because they don't want to think that closely about right it. yeah and it's really well, a visual representation of what they, you know, Ver Varys and Tyrion explicitly say mm -hmm. that it's not really a big deal for Targaryens, but it's a yeah. big deal for the North, mm -hmm. which clearly John gets right. squinky in the middle of well, and, out time. And let's not forget that Daenerys grew up thinking she was going to marry her brother. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and. And it's one thing to say they are a generation apart, like by the family tree, but they're actually almost the same age. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. I think she's older than him by just like a little bit, like less than a year, maybe. Right. And I'm going to put this out there that if you didn't grow up together, like it's, it's weird, but at the same time, like you didn't, you didn't know you were family. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think it's your dad's sister, bro. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, it's your dad's sister, no, bro. No, I, I understand that. What I'm saying is they had sex. They fell in love with each other. They had no knowledge of this mm -hmm. and finding out this information. It's, it's hard to deal with, Yeah, but it's not like they went into it knowing they were related, knowing there'd be a chance right. of it. And it's not like what the original plan for the books, which never happened. Thank God. And he said that he won't do it where John and Aria were supposed to end up together. Uh, so that would have been a problem. Hmm. <clears throat> so Look, I, I, yeah. yeah, but it's, yeah, we're, we're, we're not, right. I'm not saying it's good. I'm, I'm just saying if they end up together. That's all I'm saying. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying it. It's going to piss me off. Right. Yeah. I don't mind it being complex emotionally for them. I mean, if, if they fell in love with each other before knowing that, then, you know, the, those feelings don't tear out clean. Right. Exactly. You can't just yeah. decide to stop feeling that. That's true. But it is complicated now. And so yep. I, I, well, it seems clear to me with two episodes left, there's no way that the end is them together. Yeah. 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 If nothing I else, the fact that Tyrion more than once kind of plaintively floats that as that could work. And everyone's just like, come on, man. Yeah. Or I guess it's <laughs> just Varys. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, Varys is like, okay, take a moment right now and think about whether you think that would actually work or are you just playing fantasy, you know, wishful thinking right now? Yeah. Fantasy football is a good way to put it though. Yeah. I, I do want to say, I love how at the end of last season, we were all thinking like, oh man, uh, uh, Tyrion's going to be mad finding about John and Danny. But this season, it's like Tyrion. Oh, Tyrion totally ships John and Danny. Okay. Well, I think it's it's more a matter of uh, I, I. They've done a weird thing where they've made Tyrion the true believer in Danny, but yeah. I would ask why. Yeah. Well. Yeah. There was the speculation that he's truly in love with her or secretly mm -hmm. in love with her, but I don't think they've pushed that at all in any no. way. I no. think he's in love with her in the way that he is inspired by her. He is enamored by her. I don't think it's like mm -hmm. a romantic thing that he yeah. wants to be yeah. with her. It's he loves his queen. And he even says it to Varys. He's like, look, you've changed sides so many times. Mm -hmm. Like at some point you're going to have to stick with someone. And right. this is who I chose to stick with. This yeah. is the first leader I've actually cared about. I and I and I mm. like that, even though I feel like they've told us that more than they've shown it. Mm. Um, but I feel at the same time that, like, you know, in this episode, you know, we are building to a development that seems very likely at this point, which is that uh Daenerys is going to make emotional choices that result in lots of deaths and people are going to feel like they need to do something about it. Yeah. Yep. I think in this conversation, Danny's Danny's right. This, this information will take on a life of its own. John doesn't yeah. have a choice. And I, I think what the conversation is really about, she's begging him 
to keep it a secret because she knows like, this is it. She's not going to back him. Mm -hmm. And this choice will make them enemies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That she's going to have to do something, possibly take him out because of it, you know, and And this is her last ditch effort to, to, to save them. I'm and telling she really you how. gives him yeah. that choice. She says, look, there's only one that, way this is going to work. Mm-hmm. And it's up to you. There's no coming back from that. I yeah. really mm-hmm. liked the dialogue exchange of um, she has told him her position. <clears throat> and what she is essentially saying is like, you will s- tell no one else and you will swear Sam and brand to secrecy. Um, and then uh, he, but he's like, but, but they're my family. We can all live together. And she's like, yes, I just told you how. Yeah. Yeah. I liked that exchange a lot, actually. I liked yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's also clear she's desperate. She's yeah. in the, you know, she's in the one with, in the begging like position here. Like she's the one without the power in this circumstance. Yeah. It's been a long time since she's felt that way. Yeah. Yeah. Her biggest vulnerability for sure. Mm-hmm. So Dan D says, Danny basically told him, you say nothing, Jon Snow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or Jedi, uh, you know nothing, Jon Snow. <laughs> right. And then Mike says, apparently some Starks have issues keeping secrets. Well, it's all of them really, right? Yeah. Been- what was the... You're saying... Oh. Yeah, like last week's episode, it was on a scale from Bran Stark to Arya Stark. How much did you help out with the team project? Yeah. But this week, it's on a scale of uh, Sansa Stark to Ned Stark. How well can you keep a secret? Oh, yeah. I like that. I want to say, I want to say, I well, this jumps ahead to that scene in the, mm. in the Godswood, but Sophie Turner during that scene where Sansa promised was great because we see Arya promise and we see Sansa promise. And I was watching that scene and I was like, Sansa doesn't mean it. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) It's very flirting for her. She even Mm -hmm. says, how can I make a promise if I don't know what it is? Yeah. Right. But she does make the promise, but I, I feel like the performance was great because you could believe that John would believe it or at least believe Uh it enough, but still communicate to us, the audience that, Oh no, no, she's well, depending on what it is, she is definitely not really promising. Might as well have (laughs) pans down to crossed fingers behind her back. Or like done a flashback to King's landing, Hmm. you know, when she promised, uh, when she told, uh, Cersei, that Ned knew everything and that they were leaving and uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that, that scene, um, it's a short enough scene. Um, mm-hmm. thought it was interesting. Your brand says it's your choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know with, with, with time traveler brand, I would have maybe asked a follow up like, mm-hmm. because Bran is so disconnected now. Maybe John just doesn't understand how he isn't really Bran anymore, you know? Like yeah. I would have said, okay, it's my choice. Like it's not really going to matter to Bran who wins this war in the grand scheme of things. So yeah. maybe ask a follow up, like, 
which is in the best interests of mm-hmm. the realm. Well, <laughs> or, well, but I mean, time travel, we know that he can travel back in time. We know that he's had some visions of the future, but it's not like he can travel to the future yeah. and then right. sniff around and see. I've seen a lot of, of debate about that in the last two weeks mm-hmm. and people saying, well, he can time travel. No, he can't. He cannot. Yeah. But he, that's why he didn't know the answer about will Dragonfire yeah. kill the Night King or will this make a difference or that make a difference? He's literally, mm-hmm. and yeah. he even said it to Tyrion, you know, I don't really want anything anymore. I live in the past, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, okay, in the past. Yeah. It just occurred to me that this may be of such insignificance in the grand scheme of things. Oh, yeah. that that's why true. would he even? So, yeah, it's up to you, John. You, you, <laughs> Whether it's well, or not. You could also put another perspective on it, which is that it doesn't matter what John decides in this moment because it's all gonna happen, whatever happens anyway. It's all gonna come out yeah. no matter what. Yeah. 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 So Mike McCauley says that Sansa totally little fingered that whole situation by going to Tyrion. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I agree. She manipulated Tyrion so effectively. They really should uh, still be married. Because yeah. even though it didn't change Tyrion's loyalties, it upset him enough that he told Varys. Uh-huh. Which, so, yeah. Tell me. Well, <laughs> and I, I love Varys's line, you know, that's skipping way ahead again, but uh, just this like, well, if eight people know, that's not a secret, that's information. information. Yes. Right. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, chronologically next up was the war room where we mm-hmm. learn half of the unsullied half of the north and uh, sure. half of the dothraki are what was taken yeah and, fascinating uh, that it was just divided right down the middle for all three units yeah. somehow because the dothraki went out first and <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's, um, whatever it's fine even Kaylee <laughs> disbelieves look at her She's like, no, I yeah. no not amused uh, Cersei down. has her troops, the Iron Fleet, and 20,000 of the Golden Company, which Varys says they're basically evenly matched now, mm-hmm. somehow. I just what? doesn't. Okay. That, that's, that's what he said. So that's so, what the plot needs. Given <laughs> yeah. that one of Cersei's big toys right now is the Iron Fleet, um, let's send half of our forces, including the Queen and two of the dragons and all her closest advisors, by ships for some reason. Yeah, no. let's not like, time our approach at the same time or anything. Yeah. Let's have a smaller group, but yeah. Yeah, but, but why? So that and they she... can arrive before the rest of the units? Like, what? Yeah. what's the point of that even? Yeah. As soon as they said yeah. that, I was like, what? I mean, yeah. even before we why? actually saw the ambush, I was like, what? But, what why but... were the Dothraki going by ship? They hate the water. They suffered enough to come to Westeros. Why wouldn't they be marching with the North? I so many problems. I and as Paulette Pres- says, everyone is a slave to the writer's plot lines. But yeah, yeah. yeah. And, this and is presumably it's a, it's a it's nowhere near half. They said we'll take a much smaller force by ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, right. And and I think when they get there to the ambush, when we get there, because it's mm. still a little ways off. Um, that looked like they were they were at Dragonstone, right? They were well. They went to Dragonstone sh- first, yeah. Checking in at home, right? So yeah. presumably, 
they would have waited there for the other troops to get make their way up to King's well, Landing, I and think men come up at the same time. Yeah, I think that was the plan. Uh, was right. for them to go things. to Dragonstone. And they were ambushed basically at Dragonstone. Basically. Yeah, and then things clearly change. Um, Sansa yeah. makes the point: the troops need to rest. They've just gone through all this, which is true. A doy, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And yeah. Danny's just she just can't wait. She's so mad, you know. I mean, I just, think that's the real reason for sending those people down on the ships is that it's faster. Yeah. And she's just every day my enemy grows stronger. Why? Why do you think that? You just said she's losing all this support. Cersei's losing the support. And and wouldn't every day your army get stronger because they're healing? They're definitely not strong right now. I feel like you want to say. I feel like they made a big mistake in thinking that, like they already saw the scorpion that was shot at the dragons mm-hmm. in what the fifth season, sixth season. Mm-hmm. So like they've known that this exists for them to think that they hadn't improved upon the technology, yeah. that they hadn't mm-hmm. done anything. Like they've had those damn scorpions, those fully yeah. like terrifying scorpion well, things everywhere. And, and they've of course now, they did. Yeah. And, and then they've now, then they saw how the night King could take a dragon down with like throwing a spear. It's the same basic principle <laughs> of what's happening. Right. Yeah. And they said, hey, we've got these awesome smiths and they were making all this dragon glass. Hmm. Armor? No? Okay, let's skip that. Yeah. Um and flying the- so low that they couldn't scout ahead, like so yeah, low. This uh-huh. is that's what I'm saying is that they already knew that, that one very yeah. rudimentary one existed, already lost it to the Night King, like you said, and just to fly that low was just stupid. She was well, just clearly like, Euron is just so good. He's got ninja sailing skills, and he can yeah. cast pass without a trace. Yeah, yeah. yeah sailboats sneak <sighs> up on people just, really fast. Just uh, yeah. and especially when you're really high in the air, coming and then swoop and so right. Yeah, this says, was this was one of the most unbelievable yeah. ambushes ever. Yeah. Paulette says, "Hopefully, Danny will realize that if you have an air force, its number one job is recon before the last dragon dies." Yes. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and Dan D says, "Why is Bran so useless with the reconnaissance? Couldn't he have traveled a couple of days or even a couple of hours into the past to see what Cersei's been up to?" Well, not or, even I don't that. Know, ravens. Warg, Who says Bran is actually on Danny's side at this point? Yeah, well, there yeah. is that. I don't think he yeah. cares so much. Uh, mm-hmm. Mike says, or heading straight into the firing side of the heavily armed ships instead of yeah. looping around and attacking from behind. I know. Yeah. She would still have two when, dragons. Uh, yeah. So they would have had to shoot their masts instead of the dragons, right? While it's, I was watching this and she's flying and the ships are showing up and, and they're going, and I'm like, um, don't they still have those big, like, arrow shooting things and then it happened and i'm like why is he just staying there why is he not flying higher why what's going on and it Mm -hmm. just and i think all the responses we have in the chat and all of our responses here is we are also enraged because it is stupid yeah yeah just another strategy the momentum she had and the volley comes and they made it through the volley she should have taken out Euron. She like, was seemingly is, super close. This is uh, another one of those instances where it just feels so lazy to me. The writer yeah. said, we need to have them lose a dragon so we can amp up the stakes. We need to have them lose a bunch of people. And let's steal Miss Sandy because we're horrible people. Yeah. And, and do all of these things. 
But instead of having, I don't know, a realistic thing, like maybe they've stopped at Dragonstone and Euron does, I don't know what pirates do and sneaks in and finds the dragons and hurts a dragon, or I don't know, sneaks into the castle and, and does what they need to do. But no, no, we'll just do like this lazy thing. And not Euron's only ability on the show is magic plot weapons, yeah. which is show up out of nowhere and insta win battles. He is nothing like the Euron in the books. Yeah. And I keep forgetting that. Yeah. I don't necessarily mind his characterization in the show, but it is getting old yeah. that every time he's involved in a battle, all three major times so far, an entire fleet just comes out of nowhere. And 30 seconds later, they have completely annihilated their enemy, their opposing force uh, based on like no actual apparent, yeah. yeah. It's unearned. And, yeah. A man built of plutonium, says Paulette. And I, agree. <laughs> yes, I agree. Um, I kind of like on a characterization level, I like that the the situation he has put Cersei in. Mm -hmm. I think that's interesting. I agree. I I don't like his the use of him in the like the battle with the the fleet and everything, because let's have a bunch of people take ships even though the gigantic enemy fleet that has already wiped out what you had of a Navy um, is patrolling those exact waters. Sure. Okay, fine. Um, that happens only. And then, you know, the, how the, the ambush makes no sense and that it makes no sense that she wouldn't just think to fly around from the side. Like all of these things we've just talked about, like that battle, that whole sequence just falls apart there's there's no piece of it that holds together mm -hmm. it makes no sense why they're even in the boats to the first place it makes no sense yeah. they wouldn't have seen the ships coming it makes no sense why instantly all of their ships are defeated and everyone that we care about is actually manages to survive even though they have to swim to shore except for miss andy who's miraculously captured alive like yep. how does well, any of she that was on happen? a little rowboat nobody else had time so you know well okay she was the only one floating out there but she couldn't pick anybody up kaylee behind you was just chasing her tail and i thought that was a <laughs> very brief but great metaphor of what was we were talking about here kaylee <laughs> is so involved in tonight's episode recap um, are you podcast dog yes yes such a good girl. Sorry for those of you just listening to the audio on the MP3 <laughs> stream. Uh, this is just like definitely a delight tonight. <laughs> um, I I am fine with them getting ambushed. I'm fine with them losing a dragon. It was just executed so horribly yeah. and so stupidly. Yeah. Um, that pisses me off. Visually amazing. The anguish when Rhaegon was falling and the blood spurting out of his yeah. throat and oh. My I, you know, knows. it, it, it did accomplish. It shocked me mm -hmm. and it made me have lots of feels and it was, yeah. it was cinematography was gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Um, made me just, feel like Danny also was a bad pet owner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Deserve. Yeah. Well, and that, that's the thing too. And I think that's why a lot of people are having such a negative reaction to this episode is that there definitely are things that give us those feels 
but they don't feel earned. They feel mm -hmm. cheap. They feel manipulative mm -hmm. and contrived. And yeah. that's, that makes us angry. Yeah. yeah. We're not that stupid guys, you know, like yeah. give us a little bit more effort. I do feel they, they earned a point of inspiration when you're on turns it on the ship and like, Hey, what do you know? This is going to work just as well as it does on dragons. Yeah. And just starts yeah. ripping yeah. holes through ships. I was like, Holy, um, you know what? Fuck. I briefly actually want to, you know, I think, I think we actually skipped this, but uh, the scene with Braun where he shows up, yeah. Threatens, yeah. Um, yeah, Jamie and Tyrion. Um, I, I, I think of it just because that scene literally also has a magic crossbow that can be reloaded in like 0.5 seconds <laughs> with yeah. one hand. A heavy crossbow, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, and then he's like, let's cut out the part where it takes him 15 seconds to wind the crank to get it pulled back again and then place another quarrel on and everyone yeah. meanwhile everyone we're just going to skip that part and make when it look Joffrey like used he to have did that right big away. extra tool to yeah. crank yeah. it back and yeah. yeah so that was that was dumb um so if, if we're not actually there yet chronologically i you know what yeah. order things happened in i don't know i don't remember <laughs> um, but the scorpions were definitely much improved and very scary weapons and Euron's looked really cool with the tentacle crossbars and, mm, yeah. <laughs> and once again, Tyrion's knocked out. So we don't have to show the rest of a battle. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I'm choking yeah. on the beach. Right. Can't find Missende. Yeah. Um, again, this is lazy <laughs> because like, and he says one second, he says, go to the skiff. And then he gets off and he goes all the way to the shore before he realizes she's missing. Like, no, he would have noticed right away. He would have been on top of that right away. It makes no sense. Also, yeah. I want to keep you safe. So I'm going to bring you on this battleship. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like so much of this just does well, not make yeah. sense. Yeah, and I'm extra annoyed because I really feel now that the whole point of them pointing out that, oh, there's a race issue and the, the 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 Westeros people are not used to seeing brown people was just to get us to start caring about Missende so that they could do this. And it just really feels like she's being fridged, even though yeah. we've already known the character. This is fridging. This is we're going to motivate our characters to do something by this character's death. And we're mm -hmm. only going to put any any character development into this character because we know we're going to do this to her. And You're, this pissed me off so much. Well, and the thing is, too, that, like, it would have been bad enough for it to play out this way if it felt at all justified how they came to have her as a prisoner. Yeah. But it didn't. Mm -hmm. It felt like they built a whole sequence around, let's figure out a way for them to capture Miss Sandy because we know that'll really piss off Danny when we have her killed. Yeah. Like, that's, like, that's... And, and I'm not, and when I say we and that, I mean the writers, not like Cersei and Euron, because yeah, yeah. obviously they couldn't have planned that. But just the idea of let's have that force wiped out, and yet every named character survives by swimming to the beach, and then they're fine because Euron's fleet doesn't pursue them or anything. Yeah, no, that didn't make any sense either. Um, and just how would they're just a navy? They don't Cersei, do the whole land thing. How would Cersei and Euron even know to go after Missende? It, well, so if they captured, uh, if they captured her, Euron could have recognized her because she was at that whole summit yeah. thing. 
But yeah. it, just, so, it feels like they know so much more. Like the no, whole point of yeah, putting it, her in chains again. And, and well, oh, we're not just going to kill her. We're going to kill her in chains. Yeah. yeah. I just, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, annoys me. Uh, by the way, Paulette says about the scorpions, uh, even when Tyrion used it to kill his father, it took some time to reload. Well, the crossbow, yeah, but crossbow, yeah, but yeah, but the scorpions were kind of the same in the, the sense that how frequently bigger. they yeah. could fire, how many of those spears they have. Well, it's magic, yeah, yeah. as many as it takes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <sighs> so we've got them up to the beach. Any other, I think, the uh. Yeah, I think we covered that pretty well. So let's go ahead and back up to Braun and the crossbow. Um, okay. Tyrion, yeah. I'm guessing it's like Tyrion's room and they're, he and Jamie are talking about, uh, oh, that's right. You finally need to climb up for it or look up yeah. for it or something. Yeah. I've always been wanting to make tall girl jokes. Tall women Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't mind that, uh, that bit so much. Um, I, I was wondering what Bronn's whole reaction to this job was going to be. And I was actually, you know, I, I feel like primed to really want to talk about the things that I do think work. And in general, there are pieces of this scene that I don't think work very well. Yeah. Mm. One is that whole promise of high garden is like, it's kind of just laughable really. Yeah. Because yeah. like, how could Tyrion promise that? Like, yeah. Like, even if he meant it, how could he make it happen? It's just laughable. Um, also, the magic crossbow. But what I did like was Braun feeling a little bit like, you guys have been stringing me along. You keep promising me all of these fancy things. And do I believe Cersei's going to keep it? No. But you haven't kept your promises either, so why should I be more loyal to you than to her? And so, frankly, it looks to me like I get to pick. Yeah. And so you guys had better figure something out to make me pick you. Although, the fact that he just then walks out and leaves him alone makes me think, could, well, it wouldn't take much to send a commando unit after him and just say, an assassin just <laughs> threatened the queen's advisor and the and uh, this, this night. So let's uh let's go send 20 guys out to kill him. Yeah. yeah. Probably not going to beat 20 guys. His whole deal is that he sneaks in. He's good yeah, at my, that, but. I thought was he's, um you know, my fighting days are over, but my killing days are, I still have some more yeah. in me or whatever. As a threat of, you know, Mm -hmm. got an eye on you yeah, or something yeah. and i was wondering if well i wonder if that's also like could be taken as he's another assassin going heading right. up north to take care of cersei um, so i i really liked the characterization of bronze sort of mental state in the sense his, his emotional state of feeling like yeah i liked you guys but overall in the end you guys used me yep mm-hmm did you actually care about doing anything that's good for me? No, I was always an employee to you yeah. that you promised more money than you ever gave me. I made and, you a Lord. Well, yeah. it's like, did you though? Cause you actually didn't like that was actually Tywin after the battle of the Blackwater. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the thing is that like, I get why Bronn is frankly like, this family, you know what? You guys are all terrible, honestly. And you guys were a bit nicer to me, but they're promising to be nicer to me. So uh, this whole deal, you said, you know, anytime someone offers you money to uh, kill me, uh, like I'll double it. It's like, well, can you? 
Yep. Can you? And the only thing that I didn't really like there is the idea that they're saying, oh, well, uh, yeah, high card. That's yeah, that's better. We'll, we'll promise you that. And the idea that, uh, I, frankly, I really liked that Jamie was just like, wasn't even willing to entertain that even for the sake of there's a guy with yeah. pointing a crossbow at my face, um, <laughs> was just like, what are you talking about? No, uh, that's like, <laughs> you know, we could promise it to you and it would still never happen, you know? Uh, and then that's when Tyrion's like, like, stop that. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> but uh, I, you know. I, I, I just want to tack on to you. I love, I love where Braun is coming from. No, the arrangements don't make sense, but also I want to just point out the, when he says, what have nobles ever done? How did your family get their house? They were mm -hmm. cutthroats because mm -hmm. it's true. The Lannisters were cutthroats. That's the whole reigns of Castamere bullshit, right? Mm -hmm. It was all about being cutthroats. And I am on Bronn's side. Like these nobles deciding everyone's fate is not good for the people. None of this has been good for the people. And all of these political machinations, the only people that it matters to and the only people that it affects are nobles. So the majority of the people are being screwed over because everybody who's already married to everybody else somehow is having a big family squabble and mm -hmm. it's not fair. And I like that this shuts down all of those crackpot theories that say that Braun is a secret noble. Hmm. You like that it shuts those down? Yes, because I don't like that theory because to me, what makes Braun awesome is that he's not a noble. Hmm. I, I I I am on the side of the small folk. Uh, in in my idea, like very few nobles, do I actually want in any positions of power at the end of this? I'm I'm not convinced that it does shut those theories down. I don't I I don't think this scene does anything anything except just sort of foreshadow a future convert uh, confrontation. Mm. Right? Nothing's resolved here. No, mm -hmm. no, this is just, hey, let's not forget Bronze here. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to deal with him later. Right. Well, and this idea that he's kind of basically saying uh, he, uh, you know, Cersei can't deliver her promise if she loses. Uh, and maybe I could help her do better. Yeah. But I'm going to maybe think that you guys are going to come out on top. But when you do, you need to know. I could have shot you in a, with a crossbow just now. Yeah. And I, I also want you like to his practicality of, I knew that Cersei was losing the first time I saw a dragon. Mm -hmm. Well, there and Jamie you know, can relate to that because, you know, they were standing next to each other at that mm -hmm. scary battle. And, uh, and, you know, that was of course the point where, uh, you know, Jamie then went back to Cersei and just like, what are we doing here? This is, yeah. We can't win this. Got <laughs> so Paulette says uh, that in the end, everyone dies and Bronze sit, sits on the Iron Throne. <laughs> That's amusing. I like it. <laughs> but only if the Iron Throne means nothing. I cannot, like at this point, I, I almost can't really imagine an ending where the Iron Throne even still exists. Yeah. I feel like th it, I, I can't see the show not destroying it somehow. I can yeah. see the show doing that. 
I can't see George doing that. And I still maintain that George's answer and the show's answer will be different. So we'll, we'll see I think what the show does. I almost feel like they couldn't be the same anymore. Yeah, really. no, absolutely not. I didn't take the time to read the article, but I did see a headline that said George disagrees with some of the choices that are being made right well, now. I, but, yeah, we all do. Yeah. Well, we right. knew that he disagreed when he stopped writing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. he, well, because part of the contract is that he writes an episode every season. Mm -hmm. And when he stopped, he's like, this, they're not they're not going where I was going. So I'm not writing for this because this is not my story. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that was because I know he re from reading his not a blog, how much fun he had writing those episodes. Yeah, he's not writing them, not just because they changed some, some things, but because he disagrees. Yeah, I, mm. I feel like the only the only conceivable ending that I could imagine the, the throne existing as something to be sat on would only be in a purely ironic sense, mm. like the red keep is crumbled ruins and the thrones there and the thrones there. And maybe someone comes and sits on it only if only to sort of survey, like to, to finally pay off that whole line about like, would, uh, would see the kingdom burn mm. if they could mm -hmm. be king of the ashes. Exactly. That was said about Littlefinger, but I just mean, right. I feel like yep. that's the only way I can envision an ending where, the throne as a physical object still exists is mm -hmm. only as sort of a purely ironic symbol of something that has now gone. I will be shocked if, if there is an ending where it is some person now the leader of the uh, seven kingdoms sitting on the iron throne in the red key. I'll be shocked. Um, yep. Might happen. Mm. I don't know. I can't see the future. That'll be like the last thing is that in the last 10 minutes, they're going to fast forward to 20 years and it'll be Danny and John's child. No, I, don't know. <laughs> I thought um, you were going to say fast forward a thousand years and it'll uh, be, uh, it'll be uh, uh, Melisandre and um, who, um, <laughs> the Night King walking down a modern New York City street and saying everything <laughs> has happened before and it will all happen again. <laughs> That's more nice. entertaining than what Chooch said. Me nice. <laughs> I like that. Um, uh, let's see. We've got uh, the White Walkers have a plan. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, everybody, for that tangent. So we have many farewells at Winterfell. First mm -hmm. of which, uh, Arya and the Hound, yeah. heading out together. I like that. Heading to King's Landing, they both have unfinished business, and neither expects to come back. Yeah. So we can assume he's going to kill his brother. Mm -hmm. And I would guess she's going to kill Cersei. I mean, so, she's going to kill someone. Arya's right? list. I have it. I have Ooh. the remaining members on Arya's list in the show. The Hound. I think she's going to let him live. I definitely off the list now. Yeah. The list. Hasn't she said at some point she had decided to take it? She uh, she said that in the House of Black and White is one of the yeah. things she said during that she had decided to take him off of it. Yeah, Cersei. I think Jamie will kill her, mm -hmm. but if it's Arya, fine. I know a lot of people are like, she's going to kill the Night King and Cersei, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, that would Dylan be pretty Kane. sweet, actually. Yeah. Just uh, just to hear all the, the, the you know, idiot mm -hmm. 
guys. Yeah, all the MRAs and it's like, she just both have how is that possible? It's assassin, that's why. Go on, keep crying about the what we have already explained is totally legitimate for to be able to do. Completely earned, yes. Sir Ellen Payne. Who the show completely forgot about. And yeah, I don't, I don't think he's showing up again. Yeah, yeah, I don't see that's happening. And then the mountain, mm-hmm. which I think Sandor is going to kill. So she, her list doesn't actually have that much left. It really yeah. sure is the only, you know, real deal. I, uh, Unless you know, she's going to raise Joffrey from the dead just so she can kill him again, which sure, let's do that. I, I'm I'm starting to struggle a little bit with, you know, like it's one thing to predict like the, the very, very ending in a general way, but I I'm almost getting to the point where it's like I feel like I'm starting to see certain plot lines take shape and I'm hesitant to just predict because even though I don't actually know, is it actually gonna feel good if that's what happens? And mm-hmm. and will it feel cheating if that's not what happens? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, so Paulette says at the last minute, Danny and John enlist the help of small teddy bears and C3PO sits on the Iron Throne. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she then says Arya kills Cersei while wearing Jamie's face. Ooh, that I've seen that fun. prediction a couple times. Ooh. Yeah, that's interesting, yeah. right? Um, and Mike says, didn't Arya mention that most of the people left left on her list are dead? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now um, there is the you will kill many. Uh, you will close many eyes, brown eyes, blue eyes, green eyes. So the browns, she's killed a lot of the people that were on her list, the blue, the zombies. And a lot of people think, who are the green eyes? Are the green eyes Cersei? Are the green, you know, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I thought it was really cool that they managed to take a line that was just cool, but didn't mean anything originally. Yep and make it about like prophecy of killing the night king i thought that was very cool yep. i feel like it would start to be a real stretch to make it mean anything more than that <laughs> yeah but uh well we'll see um i especially since melisandre is gone now so like even if she does kill somebody with green eyes now like will they gonna like flash back to a voiceover of that line the wind. or something yeah, like I the candles I, I, flicker. <laughs> I'm I'm not necessarily all that interested in in what color that. eyes did Jack and have? He's got two different ones. Hang on. <laughs> I don't yeah, I don't remember. But uh the yeah, so I, I I don't know. I think I think they might be setting up some kind of a fake out with that. Um, uh, because of course, you know, we see her leaving the castle right after the scene where John tells Sansa and Arya and Bran. You know, it tells them about what's mm-hmm. his deal. Uh, so, and given that they're what they're setting up with, see, because we have now Jamie heading down back to King's Landing, you know, Arya heading, we know who Sandor wants to kill. Yeah. Um, so, but Arya heading down there and like they're, they're, I think they're going to try to pull some like fake outs with like, who are they actually there to kill? Well, you know, who knows? I, I don't want to, I like, I'm hesitating to speculate, not because mm-hmm. I can't think of ideas, but because at this point, I think trying to have a too specific expectation yeah. is only going to hurt. Yeah. And they're clearly stirring the pot and like, yeah. Yeah. And, shooting and a bunch of different shots so that we yeah. don't know. There's no and, way to know. Right. 
and Mike says that he looked, you know, that Danny has green eyes and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't imagine that Arya would try to kill Danny because she cares about John too much. I could see it from Sansa, but not from Arya. And that's my personal opinion. Unless Danny tries to kill John. Well, yeah, yeah. She would protect him. But I don't see, I mean, I I I think that she cares more about what John wants for himself than would decide for him kind of a thing. I don't know. Maybe I'm putting too I, much faith. I don't know. I think she's become the kind of person who believes that she knows better. And so I yeah. think that if she thought she yeah, needed she to thought, kill Danny in order to protect John, even if that was against John's wishes, I think she would still do it. All right. I'll give you that. I agree with that. I think yeah. that if she thinks that he's in danger, she'll do anything to protect him. I, I, this show is, is breaking me. I, I, I am having too much <laughs> trouble thinking of horrible things that I don't want them to do anyway. Um, yeah. I, I'm not even going to speak that one aloud that I just had. Never mind. Um, <laughs> uh, in any case, uh, we'll Clegane have to see. Yeah. I Clegane think Bowl is seems definite. guaranteed at this point. It has to happen. Absolutely. Um, and yeah. it, we're, we're all anticipating this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we'll, yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, are are we kind of just through everything now? Or are we kind no, of only well, have a so we've about got Brandon, um, uh, we've got Danny and um uh let's see. So we see both of the dragons are alive and I think we did earlier, but um mm. Rago's very very wounded, worried that you may not quite get off the ground, but Danny's That's part oh, of the great. justification for why John isn't going with them like he right. couldn't be on the boat instead. Take the weight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why can he be like on a, a boat? Tick. <laughs> uh, um, then we have uh, Tyrion trying to reason with Sansa. Um, the men yeah. in my family don't do well in the capital. <laughs> yeah, true. And that's, that goes back to the first season. They say the Starks don't do well out of the north. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think it was Kat that said it, you know, the last time Ned left, I'm so worried. Well, not to mention that, but when Ned's father and brother went down there. Yeah. Just yeah. Like, just like was saying. Yeah. yeah. We got, uh, <clears throat> Sam and Gilly, uh, John actually notices she's pregnant. <laughs> Way to go, Sam. Although <laughs> I, I was very happy for them, but it did sort of raise the question in my mind, like, is there just no more Night's Watch now? Like, is there no consideration whatsoever? Like, of is, you know... They did say that there's no need to protect the realms of man if yeah. there's no, if we've killed the, the, the Night King. And that makes sense to me, but it was just like, I don't know if they've ever sort of officially yeah. released him from yeah. his vow. <sighs> like, he kind of, mm. he talked about needing a pardon for stealing books from the Citadel, yeah. but not from... Right. Not for leaving the Night's Watch. I'm not planning to go back to the Wall. <laughs> yeah, there's that. <laughs> Although, I, I, I could imagine, even if they just did never show it on the show, that if there was a decision made of the White Walkers are gone, the Wildlings are planning to go back up north, and there's not really any particular need for a Night's Watch in the way that there used to be, 
let's just get bl- declare blanket amnesty for people yeah. uh, who mm. fought in the battle here. You know, like if if you came down and fought for the Night's Watch in this battle, then you are released from your vow. Yeah, yeah. You survived that. Yeah, your watch is ended. Yeah, I don't think it makes sense. Yeah, agreed. So even if they just did never show it, I think we can imagine that's what happened. Yeah. 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 And Paulette says, how much of the Night's Watch is even left? Uh, so we've got Sam mm. and um, <laughs> John, kind of. Um, Sam? Yeah, that's pretty yeah. much it. Although that's right. We decided he died, so he served his time, right? Yeah. John. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. And so Sam and Ed were the only named people in the Night's yeah. Watch left. So there could be, but whatever. Yeah, I think like going I, by their logic, oh, half the Night's Watch is gone. In some ways, because <laughs> of the funeral at the beginning, because yeah. John used several bits of the Night's Watch funeral lo- language in that, yeah. that felt to me a little bit like saying the Night's Watch has ended. Yeah. Agreed. I could see yeah. that. Um, so I think we're uh, we're done with the North. Um, everything from here on goes a bit south. Enough. Ah, it goes south. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Sadly, it does. Well, yeah. Uh, so King's Landing, we've got uh, Cersei moving everyone, moving her meat shields into the courtyard. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody's making any bones about what she's doing and how she feels about things. Yeah. Uh, Euron reports killing the dragon. She's very happy about that. And you can see she's playing along with him. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, she Mm -hmm. doesn't like it, but she's playing the game with them. Yeah. My love. Um, Our child will rule all of it. And they reveal that they have Missende somehow. And Mm -hmm. she's in chains. Breaker of chains. Um, did anybody else get anything else out of this? It was pretty cut I hate everything. dry. <laughs> <laughs> I do oh, love yeah. the fact that she is so miserable that she's right back where she was when Robert mm-hmm. was alive. Where mm-hmm. she's yeah. pretending to this man that she really despises. Mm-hmm. You know? yep. yep, we're going to rule and it's your baby and it's awesome and it's really Jamie's baby by all, all mm-hmm. estimations. Yeah. Aha, so, uh-huh, fuck you, Cersei. Relive that shit. Mm-hmm. Yep. When we yeah, get back it, to oh go ahead. It is just a nicely it is one of the nice plot lines that they've still got, I think, is just that idea of Danny or not Danny, but Cersei is such a well drawn character in this context of we can simultaneously understand every decision she's made to get to where she is, and yet where she is is she's just created this gilded prison for herself. Yeah. And she hates it. Yeah. But she knows she built it and she's just in this, this perfect little hell of her own creation. It's, it's at the point where it's just like pride that's keeping her there. Like Mm -hmm. if she could just say, you know what? Fuck it. I'm done. I'll leave. I'll find my own way. She could find her own way. She could be happy. She could let go of this, but she doesn't want to give up. It's mm-hmm. pride. It and is I, 100% I pride. Go ahead, Viv. I feel like she feels like she sacrificed her children to this whole game. Yeah. 
that if she gives up now, what was her worth? Mm -hmm. And and Viv was right before it's worth nothing. Everything you did Mm -hmm. just gave you misery, brought you right back. You're no better. You're just worse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fuck Cersei. All right, so we head back to Dragonstone, um, where uh, so that that the, they had just lost the dragon. They had just had this huge defeat, and uh, mm-hmm. Graham Worm, Graham Worm's done. You know, he wants to storm King's Landing. Mm-hmm. Varys is urging caution. This let's not remember. You don't want to destroy the city you came to save. Mm-hmm. You're going to be playing into her hands. This is what she wants. Yeah. Yeah. What were you uh, saying? Don't become. Then? Don't become what you wanted to defeat. Yeah. And just that he he gave that, remember I told you, I'd tell you when you're about to do something. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, this is the thing. And yeah, she's just not listening to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Although I have to say, just from a strategic perspective, you know, Danny's maybe kind of blinded by, you know, her, you know, whether you want to call it madness or whether or just her, her feelings of uh, spiraling. But when like the context of what he says is really significant because he originally made that promise when she was saying, you know, you've changed sides a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. you were serving other Kings, but working against them while you were supposed to be serving them. Like, how could I ever trust you? And the way that I'm going to decide to trust you is by saying that if you ever feel like I'm going wrong and you need, you should tell me. But the point is when he specifically invokes that to tell her and then she chooses not to follow his advice. Yeah. How can she not put him in chains at that point? Exactly. Agreed. But at the same time, technically speaking, she does still not quite make the decision to burn King's Landing until everything else happens. Yeah. So it's not yeah. that yeah. point, but. And yeah. I really like how she phrased it too, you know. Um, well, the, so the scary part, I will cast, I will cast down tyrants at any cost, which is mm-hmm. kind of what a tyrant is. Um, yeah. And and not seeing the irony, but um, mm-hmm. that uh, it's not going to make any difference. But yeah, offering Cersei a surrender will look good for me, so the people mm-hmm. know why they're getting burned. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so she's not terrifying away from that idea. No. No. Um, <laughs> which after so the the Tyrion and Varys have a conversation after that, and then that um. Uh, it's so, pretty clear that Varys has made up his mind of what's going to happen here, <laughs> of what he needs to have happen. Asking for Varys to be killed. Because honestly, that was my first thought. At the end of this scene, I was like, all right, Varys has to die. He was told he was going to die in Westeros. This is his time. Mm-hmm. Because if you leave him alive, Tyrion, you're going to get fucked. Danny's going to get fucked. Everything is going to get messed up. Mm-hmm. Varys is switching sides. He told you, he essentially told her, and he told you she thinks she has a destiny. We need to get off this crazy train right now. Mm-hmm. If you don't do anything, it's your fault. 
and and I think we all know that this is yeah. going to go pear shaped. Yeah, and I and once again, I'm sort of like I'm 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 doing the brand thing, and I'm like seeing different sort of possible future timelines mm -hmm. take shape in my brain, but I almost like don't want to say any of them because it's not going to be fun if I'm right. And then it's not going to be fun if I'm wrong. It's yep. like, just, it doesn't, it doesn't act. It's not actually helpful for our enjoyment of the show <laughs> to try to predict with granular detail, exactly what's going to happen. It's tempting, but when it's this close to the end, it's going to start to be too, too granular. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think it's pretty close that uh, Tyrion knows John is the better choice to lead yeah. uh, Westeros. Um, All the, I, I they feel both like agree she won't share power. The show wants us to all believe that. I And I'm I not know. necessarily saying Danny would be great, but I'm also not actually convinced John's that great. Like that whole idea of like, oh, he doesn't want it. Maybe, maybe we should have a king who doesn't want it. It's like John got stabbed by his own men. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's made some yeah. terrible tactical decisions. He's too yeah. honest when he shouldn't be. Yeah. And, yeah. I also think yeah. the writers no want us to face. think that uh, Tyrion is maybe agreeing that Jon should be the one. I don't think so. I think Tyrion is still going to stay with Danny. I think the thing that leads to that, though, is when Varys says, who do you think is better? And all Tyrion says is he doesn't want to lead. He doesn't say her. He says he doesn't yeah. want it. So like they're mm -hmm. literally making us think that John is who Tyrion favors, but that he just mm -hmm. won't be disloyal yeah. to Danny. Yeah. She doesn't. I think he feels sorry for her because she doesn't have anyone left. He doesn't have anyone left, really. I mean, I, I don't I don't know where that's going to land, but he he sees the good in in Danny, which is there. It is real. And he doesn't want to believe that her bad impulses would overcome that. He doesn't want to believe it, but it's it's kind of he's been forced into a box where it's just faith at this point. So uh, he, that's really all he's got. And it's he's hard got to argue because the, yeah, he's got a life of being told that he has to be loyal and honor the family name. So it's, it's almost like this is him kind of going through that again. You know, you, you're a Lannister act like one. And now he's mm -hmm. like, well, I'm not a Lannister. I chose this team and now I can't ever quit it. Well, right. Like he feels like she gave him something new to live for when he had been trying to drink himself to death. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But kind of like one of the big one two punches of Varys says, you know, John has the only chance of actually keeping the realm together. Yeah. Yeah. Of keeping the north in the realm. Well, and and Tyrion can't even argue that. Like that his only offer there is like, well, if we could have them rule together, that would work. Yeah. And I really don't see why that's off the table. You know, what John went through and I mean, okay, he got killed by his own men, but they mm -hmm. it was the night's watch and it was a asshole and it was I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's not exactly the same as the North and they, the North is fine following him as a bastard. Yeah. Why would a little incest that's really kind of, I don't know. Well, I, but remember we also saw the whole, like the whole thing with the North following him was uh, like 
we saw several of the houses abandon him when he brought the foreign queen yeah. home. Right. And and there's the other point of she doesn't want to share it. Yeah. Oh, you, that's true. Absolutely true. Yeah. 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 There's no I I don't see any way of her being mm -hmm. down for that. No. <laughs> that's true. I think yeah. the only person she could have shared reign with was uh called Drogo and that's mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Although I do feel like there's I although I've participated in it too, but there's some rose-colored glasses that we look back on Drogo for. Drogo was still totally on board with the raping pillaging. Oh, no, I'm not I'm not, mm -hmm. all that stuff, I'm not so. I'm not I'm not saying that they were pure equals and blah blah blah. No, what I'm saying is at that point in her life she could share it. Yeah. I, I'm Afterwards, reacting. She was reborn yeah. and she could never share it. Right. I think I was only reacting partly to what you said and partly to, I was seeing someone else say that like the only people left on the show that I would actually follow are Danny. And you know, like before he died Drogo and I'm like, what? No. Yeah, no, no I agree. No, no, no. I agree. Yeah. Call Drogo would not be my, my leader at all. Yeah. <laughs> Even book Cal Drogo, who's better than the show. No. So in any event, though, um, yeah, I think I think that Danny is conflicted. There's a part of her, like when she says to John, that would like to believe that they could be together and rule together, and wouldn't that be great? But I think a part of her knows that's impossible and she doesn't want to believe it, but she does nonetheless. Part of her does. And so I think that her, like, even if it's kept mostly a secret, it's just a fact that, you know, by telling Sansa and Arya, them telling other people, it is out now. And so I think she was absolutely right in the sense that it does not matter if he yep. says that he doesn't want it, there will be people who will push for it anyway, yeah. and that will cause enough trouble that it ruins everything. Yeah, and that he'll tell end, everybody, I bend the knee, I give it to her. And yeah, that people aren't going to stand for that. In the end, he betrayed her mm -hmm. because he said he wouldn't tell. And then he said, yeah. Technically, he didn't promise not to tell. We, we were left with him not making that promise. Yeah, well, but she Sansa him, definitely this broke is the her only way. Well, that's definitely true. So Sansa yeah. swore explicitly and then broke that vow, yeah. and she swore in the Godswood. So yeah. I think that if the show were more interested in that, we could say that that was sort of like <laughs> a dooming flaw or something for her. But I don't think that's going to happen. No. Um, but I think I think she demanded that he promise, and he didn't, and they left on the note of disagreement. And this also brings up Danny's three betrayals. Mm. Yeah, I was going to ask about once that. I couldn't remember love, the specifics. Once for blood and once for gold. And a lot of times, uh, you know, Danny thinks she knows what her betrayals are. And she counts Miri Mazdur as the first betrayal for blood. Um, and, and then she thinks that um, Jorah was once for gold. Um, 
and then who's going to be the one for love, you know? And, and a lot of people thought, oh, Tyrion's going to betray her. He's going to betray her. Well, mm -hmm. it sounds like John's betraying her, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Although that starts really blending the, the book, book show canon, right? No, it, this is in the, this is in the, uh, in the show as well. Is it? Yeah. Is in Carth she gets that. Yeah. She gets yeah. the, the thing in Carth. I think it was Carth. You um, may be right. So, I don't remember yeah. that, but um, you may be right. But I, I always kind of thought of that in the books as kind of that illustration of how prophecies are kind of a cheap magic trick because they're oh, yeah. literally so vague that you not only can you not predict the future by them, but you can't even really already be sure if they already happened or not. It's like, Oh, that was a betrayal. Is that the one or oh, not? Yeah. Maybe it's something right. else. Maybe it's still coming. So what good is this betrayal except to make you paranoid? And yeah. so you could almost argue that's actually the, the actual point. Right. <laughs> Prophecy is a curse. Yeah. Yeah. So in any event, um, yeah, I, I think. Hmm. I, you know, I don't. I don't know if they're going to bring that back in the show. I feel like yeah. they would have I think they would have resurfaced it since then if they were planning to pay that off. But um, I mean, I think that there are a lot of different ways that it could still go because I think it's a little bit like what Chooch was saying is that they're firing a lot of shots. You know, we talked about like, you know, we all are pretty sure Cersei's going to go out, but who? Who kills her, right? Yeah. Um, it could be a number of different people. And so, like, who is it going to feel the most satisfying? Well, there's more than one choice, right? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. Arya's got her on the list. But then also Tyrion and Jamie both have their own really, you know, significant, uh, you know, uh, machinations driven. But it would also be some po poetic irony in having her take herself out in some way, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. And so um, uh, there's lots of different ways that these things could could play out you know yeah. and not to not to go out back to uh ramsey though but if you think this has a happy ending you have to <laughs> paying attention, attention. Yep. <laughs> very true mm. uh so the last last scene team danny with a small guard of unsullied and let's mm -hmm. just have a dragon right in front of these scorpions and yeah. i guess they marched uh, i i geography's out the fucking window yeah. i wrote a note thinking of the geography of just king's landing of the city like what gate is this where are they but even thinking the geography of the land i haven't looked back at a map again but how far dragonstone would be from uh, the red keep and i don't know yeah. um it's not very far yeah. but yeah. it's uh -oh. yeah I feel like but, this might be the same place that Stannis was landing. Remember when Battle of the Blackwater, when all the ships came oh, okay. in? Sure. Stannis yeah. and his crew were off like on a side gate or some shit coming in yeah. by land. Mud gate it struck like me how barren it is. It's like yeah. really deserty. Mm -hmm. and, um, anyway, so they had there to parlay Tyrion and Kyburn. Yeah. Exchange their demands. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, Tyrion just like. Marches on, and that was a bit of a, a for me, a nail biter. But yeah. does she pull the trigger? They got all these arrows pointed yeah. right at him. It was a very Tyrion move, though. 
Mm. Right. Like I will say, like there are a couple of times in the series when Tyrion is just like, I don't care. I'm going to do this, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's stupid and he should be killed for it, but it works out. Mm -hmm. Not really from a sense. Yeah. (sighs) Because I'm, yeah, I'm frankly not convinced that, uh, I think to the extent that Cersei didn't order him killed, it might only just be that she doesn't like, she would rather see him captured so she could torture him or something. But, Mm -hmm. but like the idea that they wouldn't kill him because somehow that might invoke some immediate reprisal. Well, that's exactly what they do with Missandei. So yeah. 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 I think she doesn't kill him because she's, had planned this whole Miss Sandy thing mm-hmm. and she knows for some reason knows that this will hurt Danny yeah. worse that Miss Sandy dies in chains. Well, I suppose too, that the risk is that uh, Tyrion sort of swapped places with Kyburn. So she doesn't want them to kill yeah, Kyburn. That so too. that might be it. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, killing Miss Sandy was a foregone conclusion because yeah. Danny was not going to surrender. Cersei had to know that. Yeah. So, like, it it was all kind of a farce of an offer. The thing that most it didn't the it wasn't the thing that most annoyed me. Obviously, Missandei I didn't like at all her death, but Drogon was not that far away. And after what we had just seen happen with Euron and the scorpions and all that stuff, like when you looked at the scene, it was like at the first time I watched it, I didn't really notice how close Drogon was. But he was really super close, considering the distance that we saw those yeah, it's, those spears going. It was just, it, just the stupidity throughout the episode. The tact, and it was last, <laughs> it was last episode too. The running of the Dothraki out first is just. There's so many huge tactical mistakes. That I kind of almost wonder if anybody but Cersei actually can fucking like handle being the big boss in charge because she's the only one that's not making huge tactical mistakes. Well, she's been playing a perfect game all along for sure. She always so has. Annoying. Well, perfect in, in some respects, but well, now yeah, she, but she's trapped. not so perfect in the sense that now she is indebted to Euron and she's trapped in the red keep with a bunch of people who hate her. Right, and now yeah. she owes yeah, a yeah. gold pieces to the iron bank for the golden company. And I'm not saying there no aren't costs. <laughs> 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 Don't forget that she paid all that money, no elephants. So she's having mm-hmm. a bad day. Here, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Paulette brings up that uh, she sent Bronn to kill uh, to kill Tyrion. So you know, is that oh yeah? <laughs> but I think that I think the difference there is it's one thing when Tyrion and Jamie are way up in the north, far away, who wherever send Bronn after to kill them. But when Tyrion is right there, yeah, that's yeah. different. And I think, but I think ultimately the fact that they had sent Kyburn out and then Tyrion, then they kind of walked past each other, right? So if she kills Tyrion, Kyburn is kind of forfeit. Yeah. Whereas think- Missandei was an existing prisoner. It's just from a negotiation standpoint, it's kind of, it is different. Yeah. I'm, um, Mike and said, I can see, yeah, because she made a clear demand: surrender, yeah. or I will kill Missandei. Right, and Mike you have said, to follow it up, right? Uh-huh. It's an Mike idle said, threat, otherwise. Mike says, for a minute there, I was thinking Tyrion was about to have a bunch of arrows in him, but was Tyrion smart enough to know that he wouldn't be harmed? Uh, be 
as bold as he was, or did he just not care? I, I think that he knew that there was no other choice that he had to do everything possible. And it's not that he didn't care. It's not that he didn't know she could kill him. It's just, he did the Tyrion thing. He's like, got no other choice. I'm going to go with the riskiest plan there is. Well, I think this, the, the crazy, uh, interesting irony of him doing that is that really it wasn't for Masande and it wasn't mm-hmm. for Daenerys. It kind of in a way was for Cersei and oh, yeah. specifically King's Landing of just like, if you provoke her enough, she's just going to burn the city down and so many people are going to die and you're going to lose anyway. It doesn't have to go that way, yep. but you are forcing it to go that way. Please don't do that. He was, he was begging with yeah. Cersei as much as Danny was begging with John. And if given the option, I truly believe Tyrion would say, don't kill Cersei. I don't think he wants yeah. his sister dead, no matter how awful she is. Well, no, I agree, especially since he believes she is pregnant. So I, th- yeah, I think no. that means something to him as well. Family and, um, is the most important thing to right. So I'm not convinced. So if Cersei were to surrender, not that she ever would, but if she did, mm-hmm. um, I believe Tyrion would advocate for her to not be killed, but I don't mm-hmm. believe that that request would be honored. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nobody so cares about Euron. They can kill him. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. So then there's the big moment. Um, Miss Cindy, do you have any last words? And Dracarys, uh, mm-hmm. burn the burn the motherfuckers mm-hmm. down, right? And yep. the mountain beheads her. Yeah. And then I noticed that Kyburn was nowhere to be seen any for <laughs> the rest of the scene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I am right there with you, Missende. Is the only yeah. thing you could have said. I, you know, I, I had, yeah. I had mixed feelings only because um, I think at that point I was, you know, I was mad at the writers more than Cersei for oh, that, yeah. you know. So in that sense, um, but I, I kind of felt like uh, Missande is justifiably angry has always believed in Danny owed her everything. But I don't know that Masande was ever the person who was on board with let's go burn thousands of innocent people alive. If it means we win the battle. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I took it more. Mm. Well, again, this is me and this is not what I think the writers intended to me. I was like with Masande because I was like, fuck this whole show. Fuck mm. the writers. I am done. Burn it down. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I, agree. I can definitely I see it as like kill these people. Character. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I could yeah. see that. But at the same time, what that means in context is attack the city and burn it, even though we've yeah. had this whole discussion about how yeah. thousands of people will die. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think that was just a. I don't know. I guess fan service is what I would say. I guess for the masses, right on, burn motherfuckers. You know, well, I it's guess. kind of like, hey, let's take the character that we're killing for uh, plot reasons uh, of, you know, just like some, you know, uh, Daenerys is not motivated enough somehow 
to, uh, we, we want to drive home that she's going to do something reckless and dangerous. And we want to give her a real strong emotional reason why. So let's kill the only remaining person of, you know, a woman of color on the show. Um, and, uh, let's, so it's one thing to say, yeah, let's give her a badass final line. It's like, well, okay. Yeah. But you're also killing her. Yep. Mm -hmm. And like you read some, you know, people who want to like are defending it and it's like, well, you know, given the situation she was in, it was just really like, there was no, like no choice. And I'm like, but the choice was putting her in their clutches. Yep. Like that was a contrived plot BS little thing. Like they decided to do that. At no point did this plot make sense. It was lazy. They could have done yeah. a million other things. And I hate everything about it. <laughs> yeah. Danny gives a whole bunch of really good meme bait portraits. She mm -hmm. got yeah. some really mean faces. Yeah. I don't understand. So we learned something from Leanna Mormont. I guess what they're implying is that the Golden Company is elsewhere. She's Cersei's bringing all the meat shields into the Red Keep. Mm -hmm. Danny brings this little teensy tiny force up to the Red Keep. And she kills Masende knowing this is the absolute declaration of war, final declaration of war for the final mm -hmm. standoff. Why wouldn't the Golden Company just come out and slaughter? I know. Yep. Danny. Why? Why? They, why don't over. they just turn all those scorpions and just take out the beach? It doesn't make any goddamn sense. I Agreed. will say what I said earlier this season, which is that I think Cersei kind of has a similar vein of Littlefinger, where she he would he'd be happy to rule ashes. She wants ashes. Like yeah. I still think she wants to burn that fucker down. Yeah, she. She hates the people for hating her. Mm -hmm. She hates the world for being the place that it is. Yeah. Um, she hates herself for what she's become in a lot of ways, I think. And mm -hmm. I, yeah. So I think she, you know, whether she can, is consciously aware of it or not, she's to total death wish. And she is basically going to try to bring as many people down with her if, as she can. Yep. Uh, Paulette says, and Miss Andy's basically telling Danny what yeah. reckless thing to do. Yeah. 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 I think what just hurts the most is that Miss Andy is such a great character. We love her and it's so sad to have her die, but then it makes us angry to be given those sad feelings in a cheap and lazy way. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. If it was earned, if it wasn't so lazy, if it wasn't just so stupid, Mm -hmm. we we might have different feelings, but yeah. this just like somebody, somebody in the writer's room had to say, you know, people are going to accuse you of killing the black people. You mm -hmm. know, people are going to accuse you of fridging this person and it doesn't make sense. And they had to say, yeah, no, that's what yeah. we're doing. Allow me to. I mean, HBO, they, they destroyed our Confederate show. So, you know. <laughs> Allow me to propose a slight modification that leads to the same ultimate outcome. Instead of this nonsense about an ambush, one of the dragons was too wounded to make the flight down. So it's out of the fight for that reason. It's yeah. not dead. It, or maybe it died in the battle, whatever. Whatever. We did not have this ambush. What we have is this 
last ditch effort of Varys and Tyrion trying to persuade her to not just burn the city. And there's this discussion of, we absolutely need to try to give her one more chance to surrender. And so they send Masande as like the envoy. Yeah. And that's when Cersei does this to her. Yeah. That would have felt like Masande was a t like volunteering. She Doing was willing something. to go do something yeah. for the effort. Other than just being a and victim. Cersei betrayed that I instead of just Ms. having Sunday, a magic ambush. I could yeah. see Masande even offering to do yeah. that. Yeah. That no, please me say just let's let's try for peace yeah. and yeah no it, it yeah just... instead let's strip her of like any agency except saying a badass um you know line as she goes out yeah. um uh like you could have had the whole final sequence be the same but it wouldn't have felt so stupid that she was there because of uh magic battle plot yeah. which doesn't make any sense at all and is just yeah. completely contrived. Paulette says that would have made a great seventh episode. Oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah. it's again, we have to reiterate that, you know, the fact that, oh, they're so rushed in six episodes, that's their fault. Yeah. They made they the did it decision. To yeah. 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 I don't and I think, think, I think that's yeah. what Paulette is right there trying to yeah, exactly. yeah. point out. Because, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. do we have ratings? <laughs> yeah. Let's call for some ratings. All right. Um, I'll go ahead. I will, I will rate it a 6 out of 10 Alehorn shotguns. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I don't have any fancy anything for it. I'm giving it a four out of 10. I'm just like, it's mm -hmm. just the most disappointing. And I was really pissed last week and saying, people are just going to start turning their back on it because it's no longer cool. No, this episode was a just disappointment. Yeah. Bad things yeah. have happened in other episodes and I did not rate it this low. I don't think I've ever rated an episode this low. It yeah. just was just beyond disappointing. Mm -hmm. Yep. I was going to say four out of 10 episodes, uh, four out of 10 scenes that had anything good in them at all. <laughs> all right. Uh, so you said four out of 10. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, I am going to give this a one out of 10 Oof. fucks that I have left. Uh, <laughs> it really should be zero fucks, but there were a couple of good things in this yeah. episode. Yeah. Um, that makes this. The lowest I have rated an episode. I actually went back mm. and um, the awful Ramsey raping Sansa. Yeah. I think I that's gave it a three. That I think like, mm. uh, like by, you know, like Metacritic ratings or whatever that had previously before the season been the lowest rated episode mm. because of the awfulness in it. Um, but yeah. like even that episode, it was mostly that part that was bad and the rest was fine. Yeah. So. And yeah. that's why I rated that as high yeah. as I actually did. Was yeah. Because mm -hmm. I could find redeeming qualities. By the way, Viv rated yeah. that a zero and I commend you for that. Oh, wow. Did I? Why mm -hmm. I almost gave this a zero mm -hmm. myself, but I decided 
there were a couple of things that I, I had to, you know, uh, give it, Mm. give it some, uh, some credit. Uh, so Paulette gives it three out of 10 stale cupcakes and a cold (laughs) and cold Starbucks cups swipe from the writer's table. Mm. And Mike gives it a five out of 10 poor battle tactics. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> cumulatively and, we as hosts give this episode a 3.8 out of 10 ooh, yeah wow so and i know like, i tainted it but and the thing uh, well, is I like think this, i gave it too much maybe yeah. <laughs> well the, this show like you know like this this podcast like we're not hate watching this show right no, we love no. this show yeah. and you know like all it. of our other ratings are you know tend to be average very high because we love the show yeah, yeah. like None of us are happy to have been so frustrated by this episode. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think just like you were just saying, like, we've all kind of been there where we see people complaining about something or other. And it's like, oh, come on. People are overreacting. But like this, this, this episode just had too much stuff where it just was, it just started to really reach the tipping point where yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not even critiquing what's happening in the show. I'm critiquing the behind the scenes making of the show. And, you know, we, we've made jokes about like, Oh, the budget of like, you know, that's why ghost isn't in the show is because dragons take the budget or whatever. And like stuff like that, you know, uh, we've talked about actor changes and everything, but like now, obviously we're all understanding <laughs> that ending a show like this has got to be ridiculously hard. How do they bring something this messy in for a landing? I, you know, I have to say, I would have said the same thing about Avengers Endgame, And again, no spoilers, except that I feel like some quibbles aside, I feel like they stuck the landing pretty damn well in that movie. Whereas for here, you know, it remains to be seen how everything actually lines up. You know, they're trying, obviously doing things to try to get everybody positioned for what they want the final state to be. And maybe that once that happens, it's going to feel like some of the payoffs were worth it, even if we were frustrated by how we got there. Maybe, but boy, we're just really starting to see the seams and the, uh, and the wires here. Trying, starting to manipulate that stuff, and it's really a bummer. Yeah, I really hope. See, I had such hope for this season because the first three episodes were so good; they yeah. were so good, and I thought, "Wow, this is going to be the best scene season of them all." I really hope all of this horrible writing and lazy writing. I hope that they saved them all for this episode, and that we get something better. Um, I try to be a hopeful viewer, but I just, this, uh, this episode after such highs, it mm-hmm. hurts so much. Yeah. Viv, what were you going to say? I feel almost like, I wonder if this is what it would have been like if Firefly hadn't been like immediately canceled. Like mm. with Firefly, like it's like one of those things where like, well, I wish that this show hadn't been canceled, that they could have finished their story arc and things like this. And then this is happening. So yeah. it's like, well, maybe it's a good thing that Firefly got taken away and shows like it before yeah. they got to do the ending that we would have found unsatisfying, I suppose. But it's, yeah. just, it's I'm, I'm stunned because I loved episodes one and two. Three had some serious things wrong with it as far as choices they made for the characters tactically and strategically mm-hmm. and shit like that. And mm-hmm. putting the Dothraki up front and the Unsullied up front and 
you know, all of the thing, the choices they've made have seemed kind of hot, not all of them, but there've been a lot of hollow ones. And it's just like, I'm really just, I mean, you talk about being a hopeful viewer. I am freaking praying that they can pull out some redeeming shit mm -hmm. in the last two episodes. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just, I'm stunned that we're at this point and that they've got the characters making such clumsy. Well, like, here's voices. the, like, you know, I am in somewhat of a minority in some fandoms in the sense of being one of the people who actively liked the endings of both Lost and Battlestar Galactica. And I know not, I, I don't think a lot of people shared my opinions on those, but it's fine. Uh, but what I liked about them was that as both of shows were sort of coming in for their landing, it seemed clear to me that they were prioritizing character resolutions over plot resolutions. And that made a lot of people angry because they wanted the plot resolution. And I didn't mind it so much because I felt like they got at the character resolution and that's what I was more invested in. And so I enjoyed the ending, but it made a lot of people mad. This show I feel like is doing the exact opposite. It's aiming for a specific plot outcome and it's going to get the characters there no matter how much it needs to force and contort them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's, that is frustrating to me in a way that the, you know, lost in Battlestar Galactica didn't feel. Yeah. But I wonder if the, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, the people who really felt let down for those exact reasons in Lost in Battlestar Galactica, because they felt like it just let all the plot go, which they did, frankly, um, in, you know, in order to service the characters. Like, I loved that, but a lot of people didn't. This show doing the opposite? Are those people going to like this yeah. where, I, where I don't? I don't know. Hard to say. Based on the fandom reaction to this last episode, it seems like maybe not, but. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we'll find out. Yeah. And we'll be there to talk about it and bitch about it. Mm hmm. And we'll be joyful if it's excellent. Yes. So Mike says, uh, I felt bipolar over the last two episodes. Last week was too good, and this week was such a letdown. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There were a couple things that were a little too happy, not happy, but too, yay, our people win and not that many people died kind of a thing um, last week. But yeah, well, we'll see what happens next week. Yeah. Paulette wonders if they have any cupcakes at 7-Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you. I need a cupcake. Uh, I mean... My only parting shot is not like on the uh, on the about the show, but just kind of personal announcement that yeah. my my book Nina Kim or not Nina Kimberly, but Phyllis Esposito <laughs> Interdimensional Private Eye. Uh, the ebook is now available for pre order at Amazon.com. You check my various social media channels, you'll see those links. So check that out. Yay! Right on. I think that does it wraps us for this week. Um, next week, next Monday, we'll be discussing the penultimate episode titled mm -hmm. to be determined. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I do want to mention one thing mm -hmm. at Balticon Memorial Day weekend. 
um, in Baltimore, Inner Harbor. It's an annual, you know, literature convention and awesome people go to it. And um, Christiana and I will be there and we are going to be doing a Beyond the Wall live show. And it is, if I remember correctly, it is, we're doing it on Saturday night, which is right after the end of the series. It ends uh, on Sunday night and then the next uh, Saturday is our panel, isn't it? Is that right? I can't, I, I'm so, I don't have it pulled up. Wow. Let me, uh, I can confirm that in just a moment. Yeah. So give me a moment. I have to pull it up. I did not have it pulled up. <laughs> um, but we will have, we won't have Chooch and Nutty there physically, mm -hmm. but we are hoping to work out some magics with video or something, but we will have Billy and Terry Flynn from Geek Radio Daily and mm -hmm. a decade more of awesome podcasting mm -hmm. stuff that they've done. They'll be on the panel with us. And it'll so, be fun. So if beyond you're the there, wall. Go. Beyond the Wall Live will be on Saturday, the 25th at 8 p.m. at Balticon. Um, and then as far as the, uh, so it it will, so the second to last episode will be this Sunday on the 12th. And then the last one will be the 19th. So Balticon is actually the weekend after the finale. Right, that's what I was saying. Okay, I thought you were saying that Okay, I misunderstood. <laughs> um, so yes, I thought you were saying like it was the night before or something like that. But okay, we've clarified it. She was so right. We'll be, we'll be done. We'll be done with the series. Yeah, by Balticon. Yeah, and yeah, that's crazy. That should be an exciting mm -hmm. discussion. Although you only have an hour, that's going to be tough. Forty-five minutes or whatever you know the programming yeah, well, hey, slots well, are. We may just have to we'll do what we can. We may have to keep the room. We'll bolt the doors and yeah. keep going. Yeah. <laughs> you guys will have fun. It's always it's always fun to do a panel at Balticon. Um, Definitely. And uh, it, it felt weird last year not having one because there wasn't a show last year. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Strange. <laughs> but but uh, yeah. 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 People will have opinions. I'm sure. Oh yeah, I, I think there will, there yes. will be many feels. Yeah, <laughs> I look forward to listening. All right. Well, thank you everybody for joining and getting in the chat, and um, we will talk to you next Monday. And uh, yeah, the second to last episode, home stretch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thanks for joining. If you have feedback for the Beyond the Wall podcast, you can email us at btw at specficmedia.com. You can also leave us a comment on the website. Go to specficmedia.com where you'll find a shiny BTW button that'll take you right to our page. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported License. Feel free to share and remix. Just give us credit and don't charge money for it.